would cancel. Was, <laughs> you were hoping. I was hoping we would cancel. How was it? I mean, it was it was fun for what it was, but like I'm just I'm not into the big crowd, big yeah. You know, I'm just not into. Town that shit. was hopping, huh? Town was the town was nuts. The town was crazy. Did you go out after? No, God no. You didn't. No. How no. was traffic getting in and out? Um, how did how'd you get there? I, as I saw you were going, I was like, I want to know how that, how this all worked. How yeah, did you, how'd you, we how had did you a, even get in? We had a driver drop us off. Um, I will say traffic was bad, but I was expecting it to be way worse. Really? I'll say, yeah, I'll say that. I was expecting it to be like insanely worse. How early? It was bad, but not what I was expecting. How early would you have to be there to get in? Uh, we went early just so we could yeah, hang out there. and have a good time. Like, I mean, Super Bowl is... There's just so much going on, you know what I mean? Like all the all the shit they have set up outside and everything. There's so much to do before the game. So we got there at like one. Um gave us, you know, two hours of dicking around, hanging out, gotcha. getting some drinks. And then uh yeah, watch the game, watch the trophy celebration, and then left. Um they had it all they had it all roped off like a pretty big perimeter where there was no cars allowed. Mm-hmm. So you had to walk which I think really helped the traffic because it kind of left it out to more options for surface streets to get in and out. Yeah. But they, they obviously do it for security purposes, right? Yeah. I mean, Taylor Swift's in town. Well, what, so, <laughs> what so, was the process of getting in? What was security like? Um, Did you? Super efficient, but very secure. Yeah. Like, the NFL is a machine. They have this shit so figured out and so dialed. They know exactly... Like it's it, it it was pretty incredible. So what how you're saying is, state was. agencies, if they could run their draws like the NFL, we'd be in a better place. I mean, if you are a private business, you usually figure out how to be much more efficient and much better at things. Brady, did you so. even watch the game? I was actually editing <laughs> photos from our Mexico trip during the game. Yeah, yeah, I wondered if you'd even watch. Yeah, but the yeah, Super Bowl is not a really interesting thing to me. I was just hanging out all by myself at my house too, so I'm not. <laughs> I'm that How are you person. not interested in the Super Bowl? <laughs> I, I only watch well, once a Brady. year. I, I, I watch it if I like. There's only been like I, 50, what, 8, 58 if I, was 58, in the yeah. history of ever. If I have like friends to go to, you know, or do like a little actual thing, then I get more into it. But if it's like I'm just by myself in my house, it's like, eh. <laughs> eh. The, other, the other question I had about being at the game is do they, you miss out on all the commercials? Do yeah. They, do they play the commercials and, uh, on the Jumbotron or anything? Oh, yeah, I never thought Look, of that. So, I'm I'm really I'm being honest here. I don't like going to big crowd stuff. So yeah. I've only been to you know, we have my family, we have season tickets on the fifty yard line to the Raiders. Mm-hmm. I've been to two games. We've had them <laughs> since day one. I've been to two games. Right. I just don't like the crowd. I don't like being there. I don't the process. Uh, yeah, I don't like that. I'd just rather hang out at my house, you know, my kids, whatever. So you know, I, I've been to those two games and it is fairly slow in person because of the TV timeouts. Right. right. You you really notice how slow the game is. And I I know there's a lot of injuries in football, but, you know, you just you think about your own body and all this stuff. The amount that these guys have to cold start from just dead stops in the game. Yeah. It, I can't believe the injuries aren't worse. And this is at a normal – this isn't a normal game, mm-hmm. just like a regular season game. Because you, you notice the TV timeouts and how long and the start-stop, start-stop, this whole thing. Dude, the Super Bowl, 10 times worse. Yeah, because at home, I mean, I don't know how long the commercial breaks are, but, I mean, it's a major emphasis of the game. I, I, I watch as I, much for the commercials as I do for the actual I Super Bowl. I cannot believe 
they make those guys. I, I can't believe I can't believe the injuries aren't worse. They I'm not kidding. The first the first quarter, right? Yeah. Ball kicks off. I, I watching and it, there was a lot of TV timeouts, all this stuff. I remember looking at the clock and there was 10 minutes left in the first quarter, and I'm like, holy shit. I I've we've been watching for an hour. Right. There's five minutes off the clock. <laughs> And we don't get the, no, we don't get the commercials. So it really drags on. Yeah. So in the, you know, in the stadium, there was, you know, there's like live, kind of like MC entertainment, right? Yeah. So it's not not a live band by any means. Actually, I take that back. Cascade was there, the DJ. Yeah. He would play some live entertainment during the longer breaks. Um, But there was like an MC that would, you know, talk about the history of the NFL or, you know, the, the teams or, you know, one of the interviews from one of the players. So it kind of kept you engaged a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they obviously need to do something because so many breaks. The TV right. time and the Seventh breaks. Seventh longest game in history, I, they said. Oh, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Not at all surprised because, man, those. I know that from kickoff, from, like, watching kickoff all the way through to the end when they did, like, the, you know, the the trophy at the end. Yeah. I felt like I'd pretty much just sat there all day. I was like, that was the longest. It took. It seemed like it took forever, and like I had the benefit of like watching commercials. Like I was entertained in between. Yeah, we did not. I had the benefit of a bar <laughs> yeah. to, to pass the time. Did, did you have a favorite commercial trail? Uh, I'm trying to remember. I'll come back to me. It'll come to me. Do you want me to go then? Yeah, go ahead. You guys will probably guess what my favorite commercial is. Remind- when, when I say it, you'll be like, oh yeah, that's a typical Brady thing. Twisters, the movie. Oh yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, Twi- yeah. come on, that's They're gonna be remaking so Twisters. God, it, twi- it was Twister, not now Twisters. It's Twisters. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Got it. We all grew up on that stuff. Back Dude, in I the day. That was a great movie for our generation. Mm-hmm. I loved. When I was younger, and now coming back full circle again, another Twister. Z- the less on the end. Dude, that's too. That's, that's sick. The Storm yeah. Chasers, man. The other quiet, they, the, the other Quiet Place movie. Ooh, yeah, that one looked good. Remember they put the little the uh, Quiet Place Day One. Yeah, those mm. little digital ball trackers in the tornadoes. Yeah, to to try. Dude, that movie was. I yeah, just remember, remember the, the cow, the cow the flying in there. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's the only thing I really yes. remember from Twisters is gonna, the Twister. It's gonna make me the not want to live in Kansas, but you know. I mean, talking to the guy who lived in Kansas when we were in Mexico about the deer they have. I might yeah. want to live You might want to live there? I'll deal with the tornadoes. Are the players doing anything in between to, like, stay warm? No, they're not really they're allowed out? to. Yeah, I mean, I, I I guess, like, the quarterbacks are throwing and, you know, people are kind of, like, doing high knees and lunges. And, what but about the I'm kicker, not, man? The kicker's the kickers, gotta be... The kickers are always doing something. The guy's That's, the real MVP of the game, right? Did I you mean, see those punts? Yeah. Dude, he had a 60... Punts, and then, the, I mean, the one to tie it, right? 59-yarder? Well, and then the punter? The right. The punter had a 61-yard in the air. Yeah. Like, the guy didn't even let it bounce. Completely flipped the field. That was and unbelievable. Am I, am I understanding that the kicker, the guy that hit the 59-yarder, he's, he's Australian? Is that what No, I, that's the punter the for... Pu- the the punter. punter for the Niners is uh, rugby. Rugby. Aussie rules rugby. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, they I broke, their, broke yeah. the field goal record twice. Yeah, he went... Well, that's... So Moody... For the, for the Super Bowl. Yeah, Super Bowl. Yeah, mm-hmm. Moody kicked the first field goal, which was 54 yards, and he's a rookie, or maybe year two, but very young in his career, and he had the... He had the longest field goal in history, only for about 10 minutes. And then, I mean, Bucker is... I mean, if that guy goes down, you're screwed. Justin Tucker, (laughs) Justin Tucker and Bucker, Mm -hmm. like, those two guys, you're already already Super Bowl contention just having those two kickers. Mm -hmm. They're so good. 
Yeah, I thought that was pretty. Incredible. And the guy, when the, so one, the one guy snapped his Achilles, right? I saw that. Is that an Achilles go out? Yeah. Is that Trey, something to be said about the Trey game Green so Law. long and he's not warm? No, up? that was that was a freak. That was a freak accident. And it's real. It's real grass. They play on real grass. And they play in real in grass. Allegiant. Yeah, Allegiant. It gets it yeah, gets Allegiant. Bu- it gets uh, pulled out in the sun and then brought back in. Oh, they can do that with mm-hmm. the stadium. It's wow. not like a retractable deal. New every day. Isn't the entire NFL going to real, real turf, real grass? I think, yeah, I think the players or the NFLPA or some, they're all lobbying for real grass. Yeah. But injuries do happen on real grass too, obviously. And I don't necessarily think that Trey Greenlaw was a cold start because it was like pretty early in the game. Like I just, I just know from watching soccer, there are players that won't play. Like if they go to a, a field that is artificial. They won't play certain players, yeah, because they're injury injury prone, yeah. And so there's this big push for you know real grass, real turf. Yeah, I mean every everyone talks supposedly that Allegiance um, playing surface is like second to none. Where, where are we perfect. getting that water? That's a great <laughs> question. <laughs> I mean, that's just why my thought goes. I live in a great priorities, great question. Man. <laughs> that's why I, that's why I sh- you know sparingly shower. Great question, but man, just Vegas kidding. Vegas just is jokes. built for that shit though. Like we, oh, just, yeah. we just swallowed up the Super Bowl. Like no big deal. It was this this town, this city is so perfect for it. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. From start to finish, I mean, bringing people into town, the options yeah. for people to like be entertained prior to going to the Super Bowl, just the after hotel the rooms. Super Bowl. Like we actually have enough hotel rooms yeah. very easily. I was hoping you went down to the strip after the game just to see what it was like. Man, coming off this, <laughs> coming off this Mexico hunt, these Purdue boys. They were in a fraternity, and mm-hmm. these Purdue boys did not like going to bed. No, and I and I appreciate it. I, right, they're the hunt winners. It's their mm-hmm. hunt. It's their experience. Whatever they wanted out of it, we were you know we were there for it. Man, we were. I think those Midwesterners go pretty hard in the paint, dude. And then, and then team that up with Clay Hill. Yeah. <laughs> oh, buddy. Trail, we might have stayed up once till three a.m. And then woke up at 5.30. And went hunting. And went hunting. And yeah, you guys have gone pretty hard. You guys are. When did you get back from Mexico? Friday. 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 And yeah. then Super and then Bowl went, Sunday. And then I went to Live Golf on Saturday. Because Live Golf is here, too. Right. So I went to Live Golf on Saturday. I don't know what Live Golf is. I don't golf enough. I mean, what's, I was... What's the stick with Live Golf? I was extremely disappointed. Really? I was so disappointed. Yeah, because like, uh, from the outside looking in, right, I'm... Uh, I'm a sports fan. I do I do appreciate golf and watch golf. Mm-hmm. But all the marketing I've ever seen of Live is, you know, golf but louder and golf differently and like it's supposedly this hugely different thing like fighting all the all the um white hair stiffness of yeah, the, the PGA tour all this mm-hmm. shit, right? So I'm like, oh, it's in Vegas. It's the same same weekend as Waste Management in Phoenix, which everybody knows Waste Management in Phoenix is just a giant party, right? Like that's the PGA's version of the party. Well, Liv started doing this one in Vegas to compete with that. Like, they're trying to compete with waste management. So I have all these high expectations, all this shit. I walk in there. You could hear a fucking pin drop. It was horrible. Like, there was... They can't <laughs> People serve, are taking it pretty serious. They can't serve doubles. Like, you're in Vegas, and you can't serve a double at a <laughs> golf tournament? Like, it was it was more stiff than a PGA event. Huh. It, was, it was horrible. And the other thing about it, too, I was talking to my brother-in-law. It's an ex- it's an exhibition match, yeah. right? Like, you don't know who's winning because it's a shotgun start, and so like you're trying to watch the two guys at the end. I think it came down to like Rom and somebody else, but you don't know what hole they're on. So like you can't just go watch on 18 to see who wins the last hole. Gotcha. Because you don't know what hole they're on. They I think they started on like 14 or something, which means they would have ended on 13. 
It's like it's really confusing, and the players don't care. Like Dustin Johnson, I watched play. I watched DeChambeau, John Rahm, and Dustin Johnson play hold nine. Mm-hmm. Dustin Johnson did not take a single practice wing. Like, he just walked up to the ball and hit it, like how we would play. Right. Right? Because all of his money's guaranteed. Like, right. these guys, they don't care. Right. You know what I mean? So, it just kind of all culminated to, like, just a shitty experience. It just wasn't cool at Do you all. think that's the – I'm curious because I've been listening. I came down to the Vegas shoot, right, the archery shoot. Mm-hmm. I came down to Sunday and watched the final line, which is the final day, which is – I think they had 28 shooters, 27 or 28 that shot clean that went into the final line. And – I, I, maybe you have to be into entry, like into archery to like, you know, appreciate and be into that whole, you know, experience. Mm-hmm. But I've been listening to Bo Junkie Media, the, the guy, Greg Poole, he has a podcast. He's been talking about like, uh, you know, live golf. He's been mm-hmm. talking about some of these, you know, sports that are kind of pushing Major League Baseball, miking up players on the yeah. field. Trying to push the entertainment yeah, to, side of yeah. it. Yeah. Do you think that's where it's headed? Like just generally? Like I mean, more of that aspect of like more content coming from the field, from the players, from the experience. That's what live it's supposed to it's be supposed to be doing it didn't didn't meet your but man if those saudis are trying to spend that kind of money like i could be a really good consultant <laughs> i won't be cheap but like man i just I, you know and i'm who the hell am i you know what i mean yeah, but yeah. like it's so bad i'm walking through there going like well this would be a great idea like they could do this different and that mm-hmm. would be awesome and this is me like i'm i'm who the hell am i to know what to do you're but like that's a, how a bad consumer. it is i'm a consumer yeah. but like shit i don't you know mm-hmm. i don't know the ins and outs of all this shit but like i'm walking through going if they would just change these couple that's how bad it is is a guy like me can walk through there and go like okay they're missing this they're do, missing that, that. do that they do this it's like that's how bad it is gotcha it's really so, shitty so you did that saturday then went to the super bowl sunday and then we went out on saturday after and uh, saturday was <laughs> saturday was fun and then now you're um, headed we're headed to uh western hunt and then tomorrow, Super Bowl on I'm, I'm, leave, I'm leaving tomorrow. And then headed to oh, yeah. Western we're leaving. I'm leaving tomorrow too. Yeah, tomorrow. After this weekend, <laughs> if I don't see a glass of alcohol for six months, I will be so happy. <laughs> You'll have met your quota, huh? You went I mean, out after Saturday said. evening. Isn't it's not family friendly, but I mean, we had a good time. We we went out on Saturday. I mean, the Super Bowl. I rem- like when you know I had a couple players, a couple friends that were players in the league. And the week leading up to Super Bowl is when it all mm-hmm. happens. Like, Super right. Bowl Sunday night really isn't a big party. Yeah, night. people it's, are in town prior. It's only the winning team. And then everyone who's in town for the week of Super Bowl, they all, <clears throat> they all leave Sunday morning, mm-hmm. and then they all go home and watch the Super Bowl from home. Like, no, only the winning team really goes out on Sunday night, so that's really not a big party night. That's why we just went home. But Saturday, the town was buzzing. The town was on fire on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Cody, you go out? <laughs> yeah, that's fun. There you go. That's a that's a that's different a style party than I went to. <laughs> um, yeah, man, it was. I am exhausted. I bet. I don't know if you. I. You def- my voice is definitely like. Yeah, yeah you can forced. feel it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I'm exhausted. Seven seven p.m. bedtime tonight for you. Oh, earlier, please <laughs> earlier. Yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, I was so curious. It was, it was fun. How's was, Me- how's Mexico? Oh, tough hunting, but man, it was fun. Tough hunting. That's definitely like the word for it. Tough yeah. hunting. It was, the hunting was, uh, in terms of numbers, numbers, just weather, rock. the weather is like, look like you guys got rain most days, huh? And down there, man, that's just, that's not a normal and wind. Really? Yeah. yeah wind. wind. Coos deer obviously do not like wind because everything's trying to kill them. 
like even the crickets on the ground are trying to kill them. Yeah, the wind's and, the worst. Uh, man, it got there was two different fronts that blew in, so we had a we had, we got there and there was a front blowing in mm-hmm. for two days. Then we yep. had the rainstorm. Then we had two good days and then another front blew in. It it was tough, man. The weather. But even post even rut. the fifty year driest it's yeah. ever been thing was hammering it too. Like, yeah, it was one of those one of those. Uh, like there was no rhyme or reason to the rut, mm-hmm. and no rut. We mm-hmm. tried to time it None. from the history we have on the ranch. The last couple of years, we tried to time it perfectly, and we thought we were. But there was it was really interesting. Like some some bucks were completely broke to shit just because horn growth this year. Like horns are pretty fragile. Just the the feed wasn't porous. great. Yeah, real yeah, porous just didn't put on real hollow. Yeah, you know? gotcha. So a lot of bucks were broke, and then there's other bucks that did not have a chip, nick, like my buck, and like uh, Grant's buck, not mm-hmm. a chip, not a nick, not a nothing. You can t- they didn't even think about rutting. Like they didn't even, I guarantee they didn't even breed a doe this year. Do you think the rut already happened then? I think I it was know. super spotty because I just don't think the animals were in great body health. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oop. Like I don't think the does were in very good body health to actually support a true, you know, three, four-week-long rut. Were they I hitting think. water? Did you guys mm-hmm. notice that at all? Did you check cameras they, or anything like that? They were before we got there, but then the front blew in and it dumped. Yeah, right? once there's water on the ground or it just any kind of puddle right? or anything, they got yeah. no reason to go to a water source. Yeah, yeah. We, we would see bucks like kind of just hanging out being bucks, bedded down, and does would come creeping down th- the mountain. Bucks wouldn't even look over at them. They could tell like they could smell them, they could see them. Had no care to walk over there and go scent check a doe. Huh. Like they had, like the rut either never happened or was... <laughs> Maybe just gonna get prolonged further out. And yeah, just that randomly makes goose hunting hard. Yeah, and yep. then uh, Phil, Phil Kramer, one of the guys that comes down there with us, <clears throat> just you know, he's a set of eyes, and um, you know, he's a great goose hunter. He's out there. He was trying to find a buck that he had found in November or no, sorry, December on the on the sheep hunt. He mm-hmm. he guided down there. <clears throat> that ranch has a couple of sheep tags. I don't. We don't get those. That's uh, Phil and Jay's, but uh. They found like a really good buck. I mean, one ten plus, solid four on the right, three on the left, just long tine, long beams. And so he went back in there on this trip to go look for it, found him. And he was rutting the shit out of two does, like hardcore rut. And he was sheared off every point from the eyebrows. Like every <laughs> just point. Just cleaned them off. Just cleaned them off. He oh. was broke like half on the, I, I didn't see this, so he was reporting Half of the main beam on the right was gone, and then all the points were sheared off the rest, and then the left, everything was sheared off. So he had an eye guard, and then every point was sheared off from the beam. He got into it. Yep, and he was rutting the shit out of the two does, but that was the only only one that saw going on. I wonder, too, it's just like the density of deer. Because it sounds like the density of deer is a little bit lower, right, than you might see in just like general, like areas of Arizona, southern Arizona, right? We are in like big-time desert, like super desert. So our coos numbers are not off the charts now the typically the genetics of the coos down in there are really good yeah but the numbers are not like how it would be in the mountains up towards chihuahua or do you think they get broken up because they're rutting really hard for does competition for does is high i i think but then these other bucks were had nothing nothing yeah the the bucks you guys killed all look clean yeah they're all clean anthony's buck was rutting he was with does um, and he he had broke his beam, and then he had like a double G three on the right. So he broke the double G three, and then he broke the beam on the left. Huh. So it was just wild over experience because like you would think 
You guys hit it's it pretty hard? Oh, hard. All day. <laughs> Hard. All day behind the glass. <laughs> That's what when they wanted to keep staying up around the campfire. Yeah. I'm like, dude. They're doing it up right. I mean, we they they got 25 hours out of every day down there. That's for sure. And you see a doe, and then you look everywhere around, like Nothing. an entire like miles around there wouldn't be a single buck, just a doe just chilling by herself. Gotcha. How uh how were they for glassing all day? Uh, I didn't get a glass next to them all day. Because uh, we were off looking for bucks to then like let them know of other bucks instead of just putting all You're our eggs in. We're fan, not putting all out. Yeah, yeah we're, we're not putting all our eggs in out. one basket had, with them. I had them with a guy named Dave Brown, good dude, um, coos freak out of Arizona. Um, Knows what a big coos is. Yeah, like, yeah. And then we and, and how to find them, where to find them, super knowledgeable. So, and we our job was cover country and just try to find bucks because it just it wasn't easy, you know. So yeah. We, they would go off in more like kill opportunity yeah. mode, and we would go off and just like cover country, find bucks, and look at big country, big big country, like PTX one fifteen. Yeah, style so country. we would we would drive a mile, climb up to a knoll, post up for an hour, glass, and move. Drive, post up, glass. Drive, post up, glass. And then Anthony's buck on the very first day, we jumped it out of the bottom, like the very bottom. We were going. I was going to the very north side of the ranch. It was me, Clay, and Brady. You know, we all got radios down there, so we're all, it's the only way you can keep in touch. There's no service at all. And so we're driving. And, and I like the radios for security. Yeah, oh, yeah. You, yeah you we, got cart- we got some cartels. Connected. You, you want to stay in touch down there. Yeah. You want to stay in touch. We'll just, you know, yeah. just make sure you're in touch. And uh, we were like halfway to the glassing point, and then all of a sudden these does, these uh, deer just blew up like right off the road. I mean, right in front of us, right off the road. I do drive a little fast, and we were driving you know, those off-road buggies. So mm-hmm. it's going you pretty can. quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was coming around the corner. Deer just blew up, and then these two deer ran off to the left, both bucks. And I'm like, oh, that's a shooter. Like, no question. So Clay, I I left uh, Brady and Clay to get to try to refine him because he kind of buried off into the bush. And then Eagle Eyes, Brady, just picked him up in no time. With, the, B- with the BTX, though. That's, like, the only way I found him. But really? it, was t- it was tight, but I... Like the way they were on this little ridge line, I don't know for whatever reason the BTX with double eyes. Yeah, I might have been able to find them with you know my 16s, yeah. my stabilized 16s. But like BTX helped a lot because yeah. they able to pick up that movement quickly. And literally after I picked them up, I'm not kidding you, maybe three to five minutes they bedded. And if we, we didn't pick them, if we didn't pick them up that quick, we would have never found them. Come once they bedded, they were impossible to see. Like you could just see yeah, the one badass. You could you could literally see the <laughs> ones cool nose. Bed, man, it was awesome. Really? Yeah. Was what the bed he had? Was oh like yeah, a rock so sick. Overhang with a dead swaro in front of him. Those are the best. Yeah, it was out. like, dude, he he had. I don't even know how many times he had better there. But I anyways, lo- I love those, man. Do you, do you ever do you ever look at those beds and wonder oh, if for like sure. if, no, if like that's the only buck that's ever been there, or if it's a historical oh, thing last like were other 10, bucks, 15. Yeah. So like, even if you kill out that buck who's hanging out there, oh yeah, could you potentially next couple of years hunt shoot that another one out of it and I, shoot another one out of that bed? I, I can think of one. Particularly, I always think about that. It's uh, there's this big boulder, like the size of a Volkswagen. It's a big old, you know, boulder out kind of in the middle of this basin. And I ended up shooting at a buck with a muzzleloader. This has been probably ten years ago, but uh, um, I remember climbing because I watched him go in underneath this boulder and just kind of disappear. And I watched the boulder, nothing, you know, one side or the other. Made my stock, came in around uh, above him, and I snuck down on him. And 
when I could see that boulder, the only thing I could see is like the top, maybe two inches of his tines. Mm -hmm. And I ended up missing that buck, but I walked down to the bed after, and it was, I mean, Doug, Doug, I mean, and and just sand in the bottom of it. I mean, two feet deep where he could essentially just dive right into it. Mm -hmm. All you could see is like maybe the top two or three inches of his, you know, top tines. Mm -hmm. So that's gotta be historical. That's got to be bucks. Or do you think that's just a super no way tight deer? Is like I just want to dig this out. I always he go spent back his whole life digging it out himself. Yeah, I've gone back and checked it. I've seen other deer like bedded in and around it, you know, and I'm, I've probably missed some deer that are bedded yeah. in it. But I, I, I miss. I guarantee deer use the same. Got to be multiple deer, multiple generations deer of deer dug out bed. Yeah, I would agree. I love those. Those are awesome. Because yeah. in Mexico, there's nothing with. There's no ground without rock on top. Of yeah, it. rocks like everywhere. Right, and shit. You know those shitty little pointed rolly mm-hmm. rocks. This bed was just pure dust. Like it, it had been That's dug awesome. and dug and dug. So you shoot him out of the bed? No, he, he stood, stood, stood and they're too out. small to shoot out of the bed. Did you wait for him to stand? Yeah. Or did you get him up? No, we waited. No, we waited. Oh, I'd rather wait. It's a great thing about coos deer. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they bed for longer than two hours, like that's a miracle. Yeah, you know, they gotta get up. I think he stood in like an hour, hour twenty. Mm-hmm. He stood, but I, so we couldn't get, we were so far North. I couldn't get service on the radio. Mm-hmm. So I had to bomb clear back around this. It's the biggest peak on the ranch. You just left Brady there. Yeah. Brady and clay mm-hmm. and Brady dug him up and I bombed around to get up on this Ridge. And I started calling on the radio to get Dave and, and the boys and, uh, got a hold of them. And then Brady is like, yep, I got him better. And I'm like, holy shit, dude, this is, this is going to be good. Did you, you know. glass him better, or did you glass no, him on, right on, the, he okay, on the ridge? Yeah, because we had just bumped him, and that's why after we bumped him, Clay and I hauled ass up on top of another mountain on the opposite side so we could then look back across to where they were at. Yeah. And that's why I said, like, the time we got, Lenzo dropped us off, is that I need to run and get radio service. And by the time we got up to where we could put eyes on him, like, I turned him up within three minutes was being up at the top of there. And, like, well, I turned him up really quickly. Then three minutes after I turned him up, they bedded. Mm-hmm. So like everything we did the podcast, we kept saying like everything happened for a reason on this hunt. It really did. It really, it was very true. Every like, buck we had bedded, all all of our bucks were bedded except for Brady's mule deer. All of our coos bucks were were bedded, and we all sat up on them like waiting for them to stand. And we're like, okay, they need to go left. If they go left or or right, whatever it was. And every time, yeah. all three, even Brent's buck, all yeah. four times when they stood. They walked exactly where we wanted them to. It never times. happens. When that does way? that happen? They always go never. the opposite way. Like yeah. yeah, or they don't stand at all. Don't stand That's, at all. Yeah. yeah. And we, I was even telling Anthony like they might not stand. Yeah, yeah. biggest coos I ever had a chance at did that. I mean, bedded probably two and a half, three hours before dark. I was within three hundred yards waiting for him to stand up. He just never stood up. Coos? Yeah. It got complete, was completely completely dark. That, on was me. that with me? No, it was. Uh, I picked up a leftover tag in southern Arizona. And when they bed down. towards the night like that, they won't stand. But mid morning, yeah, they're going to stand up every two hours. Yeah. Mid morning, like if they bed at ten, they'll be up at noon. If they bed at noon, they'll be up at two. Yeah, I've you had know. mule deer do that before, where I was literally on a buck with a gun. All I could see was its That's head. That's how this was. And I was like, he's going to get up. It's coming to the evening. He's going to get up. I'm on the gun. Like all you have to do is stand, and I'm going to press this thing. Three hundred and ten yards. Never, I, I waited for this buck for. Three hours, three yeah. and a half hours. And in the meantime, he was a 100-inch buck because my buddy went back in and killed a buck. It was probably the same buck next year, and he was like 107. But he was probably a 100-inch buck. And in the meantime, another buck came over through the saddle above him. It was probably like a mid-90s buck. And I was like, nope, not shooting him because this buck's and bedded here. Better, I'm yeah. like, there's no chance he doesn't get up before dark, and he never got up. Yeah. Did like, you I ever waited. yell or anything? No, man. I was just like, he'll get up, you know? And then I'm like waiting, 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 so waiting. So Clay, Clay Bundy, the, mm-hmm. the legend Clay Bundy. Like he, he might be, I don't think he, he's definitely not under the radar, Nevada, Arizona, Utah, but like he's kind of under the radar 
as far as like kind of national recognition mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it or however you want to look at that. But man, he is like the legend of all legends. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Like, I mean, he is as definitely well as he known. Gets. Come, yeah, when it comes to deer for sure. He will not let a deer bed. Like if he has a deer bedded, he will scream. He will yell. He will do everything to get that buck to stand up. Yeah. He just he refuses to let a buck stand up on his own. All, after all the years on the strip, all these deer that are bedded in the junipers, all this stuff. Um, like when we were down there in January, when I was down there on the early trip in January with Ryan Bader, um, Bundy comes on that trip with us. He just likes to go down to Mexico. Him and Parker Fails, just the greatest guys on planet Earth. And we had Bader's coos bedded, and he just starts yelling, just starts yelling and yelling and yelling. You can see their head like whipping around so you can tell when they're getting mm-hmm. a little bit antsy and then he'll kind of back off yeah and then i'll let him stand so they don't like just completely bust like yeah. he's got this whole, he's this got this a, whole that, thing was, that was the out. first time i'd ever hunted coos deer i was by myself and i had two other guys that were like further up the drainage i just was like yeah he'll stand i mean every deer i've ever hunted i mean yeah it's not gonna stay bedded till dark like he'll it'll it'll get uh you know kind of that dusky yeah. and he'll stand up and he just never did yeah bundy man bundy's he I've learned. I've hunted with him for huh. two straight years in January now. Yeah. I have learned so many little tips and things and yeah, like I think that's the the bow hunter in me, right? Like I'm I I, I, never, I never I never get yeah. him up, man. Like He's he especially he'll get very aggressive with making noise and yelling if it's been more than 2 hours. Mm-hmm. Cuz he said the every single thing that's been every deer that he's ever jumped out of a bed in the first couple hours or after 2 hours, sorry. He uh He's like not worried at all because they'll run twenty to fifty yards and then stop and take a piss. Hmm. It's like every time. It's like clockwork. Gotta go. They're like me, getting old. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta exactly. go. Oh, we know trail. Yeah. So you guys, you guys did a podcast when you're down there, right? Yeah. Recap, and we'll do that. We and we we had a camera guy. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, so we're that, gonna do a go, gonna go I'm not sure when that'll go live. Way later. Yeah, it'll be later in the year, but we'll do a, a recap, right? Yep. We do a full full recap. Right on. Well, yeah. I'm glad you guys made it back. Me I too. am too. And then um, I guess we're getting ready to go to Hunt Expo. I kind of already mentioned that. I've had a lot of people ask me if we're going to have a booth. Yeah, I got, I got some comments yesterday in our you video. Got more? I got one funny story about uh, Mexico that we didn't tell on the podcast that tell I, it. I thought it. was funny. I've been thinking about it. So Phil, Phil's been going down to Mexico for 29 years. Mm-hmm. He's my my American ranch manager, right? Like he's yeah. my my white ranch manager. Um, so he's been going down there for 29 years. And a couple years ago, he was telling us a story. He's he's only had one bad experience down there. And he went to this ranch, and obviously things – he was in a bad spot, come to find out. He didn't really think about it. What was what did he say this was, like five years ago or yeah. so? Yeah. Fairly recent. And uh, he was in not the best town. And he said he was trying to get out of this ranch, and there was a bunch of white Dodge pickups with completely blacked-out windows that were kind of blocking the roads as he was going through. He said it was really unnerving and, you know, didn't really know what was going on. And then he was speeding and got arrested because he was speeding. They took him to jail. He had to do this whole thing where he's bribing him. Well, then it was like midnight and he was still in the town you're not supposed to be in. You're just not supposed to be on the roads at all at night, right? That's what I said on the last podcast. All this shit happens. And so he's telling us this story. The last night we were there, we're like, holy shit, dude. Like, you are... You're nuts to be down here by yourself, going to check out ranches by yourself, right? Like, and uh, he goes, "Yeah, that's why they call me the crazy gringo." You know, we're all kind of laughing about it. Well, we're driving home the next day. We're on the highway the next day, and we get like halfway to the border, and then all of a sudden there is a line 
of white Dodge pickups, completely blacked out windows. Front windshield even too. There's probably like seven of them. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, Ten sounds like too much, but yeah. there was a lot of them. Behind you? No, no. coming the oh, opposite come. way mm-hmm. as us, so we could see them in the distance. You could just see a, a stacked line of white Dodge pickups, just blacked out windows, front windshield, everything. So we're driving, and I'm like, well. That's, that looks familiar, you know? <laughs> yeah. We're driving, we're driving. And we just, uh, obviously, we just go right by him. It's midday, no big deal. Like, it really wasn't a big deal at all. But then I get on the radio, and I'm like, hey, Phil, you uh, yeah. mirrors up there? <laughs> it's like, no, shit, I'm good out here. It doesn't bother me here. It's just in those those towns. But yeah. Like, the funny thing, though, is we were thinking that in my vehicle. I said that to yeah. Anthony and Grant and Luke. I was like, dude, that looked kind of like cartel. Like, yeah. Well, Phil we told, all thought it. Phil told us it's the, the white Dodges with the blacked out windows you know wow like, and, and it was like and here they came yeah w- wasn't like 10 miles later we saw the other military rig with the guy who had like a fully automatic yeah. weapon standing up on top aiming yep. over the hood correct that's always the one that yeah. freaks me out well, those are the safe ones those are the good yeah, ones. i know but even if you go to like uh puerto Vallarta or any you yeah, know they're just cruising yeah they're just the cruising around trucks. town yeah. with a guy in the back of a, a with truck a with cow. a machine gun yeah, yeah. And you're like wait what what, what I also did right when I got back is I re-signed back up for a Netflix subscription, the cheapest one, so I have ads, which I hate ads, but yeah. I'm a cheap ass, just so I can watch Narcos Mexico. Oh, yeah. dude, that's the one of the best areas. It's better I've, now that you've been I've, there. I've yeah. watched it yeah. twice. It's so good. Yeah. That well, whole go to, series is Go phenomenal. to Mexico, drive to the ranch in Mexico, yeah, and drive then to it, and then, can, and then watch it, and then learn all the other places that mm. they were at in there. It's like, ooh. Yeah. Ouch. yeah, they couldn't I put those out often enough. I'd watch every one of those. Those are so fascinating. Yeah, they are the best. And that Mexico series is the best one yeah. of all of them. Yeah, they have the. Narcos. Have you watched the other ones? Yeah, I watched the other one too. Bro, I've been I've been watched those. Those are the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now I have to pay for freaking another subscription service for a little bit. Just <laughs> gonna <laughs> watch it and get off. Yeah. Anyways, I've I remember we forgot to to tell that it was it was pretty. You know, it was, yeah. a th- it was a thing on the way back. Those guys from Indiana, were they like, what? what? They were cool with it. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Except that we did do a lot of stuff. I was like, not to scare you guys, but this recently happened down in Mexico. Or yeah. not to scare you guys, but this. And it's like, oh, huh. yeah. this can happen. Sounds like a good trip. It was, it was a yeah, blast. It was awesome. Yeah, we I'm got j- real lucky with the hunt winners, man. They were, you know, so you run amazing. a risk. You run a risk giving away a hunt, right? It's like there are a lot of different personalities out there in the yeah. world. Probably not as much as you would in like maybe other demographics of the world. No, yeah, hunters are are kin Gen- in some yeah, way. Yeah, generally either. pretty yeah. kindred yeah. souls. Yep. So yeah, but man, they just they fit right in like mm-hmm. a damn leather glove. Like, That's it fun. Was awesome. Yeah, That's cool. Soaked up everything like a sponge. Super yeah. passionate. Had a lot of drive. Like I said, willing to stay up all night. And then they beat you to breakfast the next day. Yeah, I like, have bre- breakfast like five fifteen, five in the morning. I know they beat you to breakfast. <laughs> Hey, Brady did good in the morning. I was man. really good. Brady, Brady got up and got rolling. Brady did good Christmas in the morning. It was a hunting trip. <laughs> hunting trip's different than my normal life. I know, I know. I will say Brady took a I two did. and a half hour nap one day. That that next day after oh, that, yeah. I was so jealous. Because Brady can just knock, you know, like mm-hmm. he's just gone to the world. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching him just sleep and I'm like, fuck. Brady I wish can, I could was, Brady the day, was the day we were laying side by side on that rock? No, that's no. A different, that's a different you day. got a good nap. I got a good nap in that day too, yeah. which is fairly rare for me. Yeah. A great nap, though. But that was funny. That was the only flat spot, and we're just like shoulder to shoulder, just laying there, yeah. <laughs> right next to each other. Just only like flat. a twin bed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> big spoon, little spoon. Yeah, man. Brady's a big spoon. I was always. He's got long enough legs. My yeah. legs are too short for that. You guys all ready for the expo? No. We yes. have a lot of podcasts lined up for the expo. Mm-hmm. We have some good ones, actually. Yeah, really I'm, good I'm excited. I, uh, I'm looking forward to talking to some of the guests. So it'll be it'll be fun. Um, 
I was going to just note real quick, maybe Lorenzo can give us a, a talking point, answer answer some of the questions. But people have asked, like, why we don't have a booth. And I think, it's, I mean, this will come out to, what is today? Tuesday? It's come out in two days. Yeah, it was yep. Thursday, kind of the first day of the expo. But I just wanted to run through, just answer the question, why don't we have a booth? Yeah, so there's a couple talking points there. <coughs> so the first one is, is there was this thing in the world that happened that everybody likes to act like didn't happen and everybody who was on one side of it tends to shy away from and doesn't want to acknowledge exactly the forcefulness that was put on everybody where the entire world shut down, Mm. even though the better half of the world didn't want us to. Anyways, it did. And uh, it put some pressure on like all these live event things, you know, Mm -hmm. and we decided that, you know, we were just, you, you kind of looked at like the broader landscape of Vegas is a huge convention town and you look at the broader landscape and, you know, we talked to a lot of businesses and companies that are way bigger than us and way bigger industries. And they ended up pulling out of some of these conventions here in Vegas. And they were talking about how, you know, they didn't see any, any, uh, you know, down tick, down tick. They did not anything. And it actually was better for, you know, better for a lot of different reasons. So we decided we're like, man, we, we should, really look into that you know mm-hmm. um and so we we did and it first of all the 2021 see it was not easy like there was so many protocols and all this shit to jump through and i'm just look i'm i've seen comments on the podcast it's not it's not hard to pick up on my mindset but i'm like yeah that's bullshit i'm not i'm not doing that mm-hmm. like i'm not jumping through hoops to like i'm i like the freedom you know i'm not doing that so 2021 we just because of protocol and kind of uh, the what you had to do to go, I'm like, yeah, this is stupid. So we didn't go in 2021. But I, so that that's like on the the front end of it, where like it just kind of it kind of happened naturally mm-hmm. because of of 2020 and the world shut down. But then post post that, my mental thought is, I am genuinely a consumer in the hunting industry. Like I, I'm not, we're not just a business. Like all of us are consumers, and it's been what, eight years since I've been to, to that show. show, which mm-hmm. is my favorite show as a consumer, right? Yeah. Like I've had, we've had to work it. All of us have. And I took it as an opportunity in 2021 to go back as a consumer mm-hmm. and see it from a different lens. Like go see what is new, go see what is changing, go see what is kind of like the current events, so to speak of, of the industry. And man, I thoroughly enjoyed yeah, it is fun, man. Being a consumer. It's fun to have the freedom to, I mean, if I look at our podcast schedule, we've got one every morning. We've got one maybe mid-afternoon, but we've essentially got maybe a few hours every day and yeah. then a big bulk of, of Saturday itself to just walk around and be a consumer. It's a, it's so fun. It's it's so nice. And then the other side of that too is, look, we're an online business, right? We're mm. we're not there with, a, with any soft goods or hard goods and people touch, feel, and the majority of the brands that we, that we sell for like they're all there anyways, mm-hmm. right? So it's kind of like dual efforts. Um, so, anyways, it just it kind of uncovered uncovered a lot of efficiencies and all these things. And look, selfishly, I get to enjoy the show as a consumer now. Honestly, that is that's a huge part yeah. of it. Is now I get to enjoy it as a consumer. That show has grown a ton. A and ton. I, I know that from when we first started going to it, we would have you know the insider product set up on computers. Yeah. And you, it, it, to me at least, working the booth, it felt like I had time to demo. 
yeah. the insider and I had I had the product live and I could run you know a person through a demo we could look at draws we could look at application strategy articles we could look at filtering and like I could spend time with people and it didn't felt like it didn't feel like I was like too rushed yeah and I know that the last time that we did that we had our computers and you know set up and we could demo the insider product itself it felt I felt I mean just haggard like it felt like I could not I couldn't I couldn't touch even a fraction of the amount of people that yeah. I wanted to, you know, yeah. to, to give them a demo to walk them through the product. It just is a, it's a product that is hard to show to a massive amount of people on a large scale, unless you're doing it like on a screen yeah. and, and, in like a, you know, a seminar or something. And in that setting too. That's, in that setting. It's a hard, are, like, like I said, I'm genuinely a consumer of that show. Yeah. I'm there to be entertained. I'm there for the, <laughs> the energy, you know, I'm yeah. there to like, yeah. and then you go sit in front of a computer screen and it's like, dude, it's, it's tough. Like the, uh, the the vibe of our product doesn't match the vibe of that show. So there's always this weird disconnect. Yeah, it's kind of hard. It's and a hard, it, hard it, product it show. It really exposed by mm-hmm. by four. I mean, we were forced to do it in 2020, 2021. Um, and then beyond that, we just started looking at it differently. And we're like, you know what? We're probably better off there just being a part of the industry, mm-hmm. not to sell something to the industry. Yeah. Let's I, just go be a part of it. I've had a lot of people ask, hey, are you going to be there? Um, so, we, you know, I wanted to... To just touch on that, we we will be there. There'll be some, you know, we'll, we'll all three be there. Yep. There'll be a few of us floating around. And if you, you know, if you wanted to stop by and say hi, grab us by the arm and say what's up. Absolutely, yeah. walking the yeah. floor. We're gonna be stopping at some booths, hanging out, and then yeah. we're stopping at Howl. Yeah, yep. for Wildlife. We're gonna hang out there for a little bit. Yep. Yeah, and if you got hi. questions, don't don't hesitate to grab one of us and say say hey. Yeah, you know. sorry that was a long answer, but it's no, kind it's of good a, answer. And kind I, of I a just, long process of what happened there. Yeah. Yeah, and I wouldn't have asked other than I just had people asking, and I thought it'd be better just to, we'll just yeah, throw it out here to most sure. people who who might be wondering, so you can not slide into Brady's DMs, unless you're the, of the female variety and you can slide <laughs> yeah, into Brady's. Slide in. <laughs> yeah. Yes, then, then yeah. you can. We should hit promo before we get going. We're gonna do uh, forty minutes in. <laughs> are perfect. we forty? That's the perfect time to hit promo, actually. <laughs> I was planning this out today on the drive down. I'm like, you know what? 41 40. minutes. That's the Are mark. we ever going to hit like that 10-minute no, mark? That we're we not hit it. We, we hit it. Yeah. Yeah, we have. Last when? podcast, I think the Boo podcast, I think we hit it like eight minutes deep, maybe. Maybe. I might be lying. Just I think it's because we're just all three long-winded. Yeah, that's, that's what, yeah, it, it. what it is. We'll hit promo. And then with guests, it's always hard, too. So use the promo code podcast. <laughs> Sign up for Go On Insider account. Uh, do your research so that you can draw a tag or buy a tag and go hunting this fall. Um, we still have a ton of draws coming up. That's one thing. Like a lot of the draws have been kind of pushed back. I was looking at the calendar the other day. You've got Utah that was pushed back. Um, you you still got a lot of draws, including Colorado, um, you know, Wyoming deer, antelope. Uh, what else? New Mexico. You got a bunch coming up still. Nevada. Nevada. Montana, Montana, all of them. Basically, yeah, all pretty much all of yeah, them. Trail. A lot. Yeah, we're, a we're not even. We're not yeah, even. really, the only three that we're even through is uh, Wyoming elk and Arizona antelope and elk, yeah. and that's yeah, it. Everything, yeah. everything else is good still yet to come. So mm-hmm. use that promo code podcast. Sign up for a Go Hunt Insider account. We're going to give you fifty points, which is fifty bucks back to the Go Hunt Gear Shop. Um, it's like buying season. Also, I I've, mm. I've, I find myself cruising the shop more a frequently. Lot. Have you bought any gear lately? I haven't bought any gear. I've been trying to lay off. A little bit. What? Responsible. Yeah. I've, I've been trying to, to lay off a smidge. Trail. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. The more gear you have means you're a more successful hunter. I've been waiting for arrows and stuff to come in stock, you know, just starting to, you know, tinker more with the bows and whatnot. So I've been waiting for some some of those to come in. But, mm. um, yeah, I've been, I've been pretty good. 
I'm growing I'm up finally. I'm growing up. I'm taking the Brady Miller approach. I'm just I'm gonna I'm keeping gonna, my money tight. I'm gonna need you to consult me on how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great. It's my damn kids, man. I'm telling you what. Oh. I thought they were expensive as young. They get teenagers, it's like just flies out. Everybody's in my pocket. Sounds great. Can't <laughs> yeah, wait. wait. Yeah, <laughs> can't wait. Um, anyway, yeah, use that promo code podcast. Um, sign up for an insider account. We also yeah. we have the President's Day sale coming up. I yeah, we do have that coming up. So mm. if you're looking at buying gear in the gear shop and you've been kind of, you know, looking at some items, uh, we'll be having a President's Day sale coming up, including uh, Mr. Ranch packs, some of the, the older stock. I guess I should, I don't know, previous years, I guess. So that Guidelight MT yeah, frame, yep. Sawtooth, Beartooth. If you're looking for a backpack, those are going to be on sale. So Beartooth is still one of my absolute go-tos. Do you know that's... Uh, you got the new bo- the, the new packs from them, the new Metcalf series, which is a great, I, I, it's a really solid update, in my opinion, to the frame of that bag. And, and the bag, I think, is a nice update. But in terms of, like, just organization, it's really tough to beat the sawtooth or the bear tooth. Yeah, I agree. And I love the way that thing opens. I was tinkering with yes. it last week when I was down here. And, uh, yes. yeah, just that fold-out kind of mm-hmm. a duffel style makes it really easy to get to. So It's an awesome day pack. I love that. Nice, day. yeah. Sawtooth is a really, really nice day bag. Yeah. Anyway, so check that out. I guess the rest of the podcast, we're going to dive deep into Brady and my hunt <laughs> that we did in West Texas. Ramtown, USA. Ramtown. I am so jealous, man. Ramtown. We're going to talk a little bit of uh, Barbary Sheep. Audad. I'm going. Audad. I am going. Audad. I like the name Audad better than Barbary. But you guys, you guys, uh, you guys put it, you put it in my soul. You, we I'm did? I'm going, Yes. Because obviously, I you know I watched it to approve it and mm-hmm. and kind of earmark things and all that. Right, we got a notes before mm-hmm. we put it out. And the whole time I'm watching, it, I'm like, man, I really should do this. And by the end of it, it's like, yep, fuck, I'm doing it. Best is yet to come. Yeah, I'm. Yes, yeah, it's it. a second episode. So the first episode just dropped yesterday, mm-hmm. on a Monday. On a Monday, and uh, the second episode is even better for seeing big grams. Why is it even better, Trail? I think it's better because you get to see big rams go down. I mean, it's it's better. I think it's, I <laughs> the think, second episode is better. I think it's better. I don't want to drop a full, you know, leak the story, but Trail asked to use my gun, which I thought was the coolest thing ever. I did. Trail picks up the old long gun, <laughs> sort of puts his bow down. What happens when you take a bow to a gunfight? You just leave the bow. I mean, it's it's the interactions between you two over the gun. In the shooting is just it's second. Oh, and Trail makes fun so of me. It's Can't so wait good. for that one. That's what I wish we could have captured more of. But I, we should say, I guess we'll go back and give some background, some history to how this all came to be, and you know we can talk Audad. Um, but that was one of my favorite. But and and Brady and I self filmed this. We should. Yeah, <laughs> Which, if you're if you're, it honestly if you're ended watching, up really good. I saw the comments. People was like, "Dude, I love Go Hunt original films." Like this is not a Go Hunt original in a sense. This you is guys a, did a phenomenal job. Honestly, like I'm not just what, what did Brady say to me last time via text message? Do you remember? Brady uh, said that's the most that's the most uh you've touched a camera in the last like eight years. And it, <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't very much, but it was it a wasn't lot. very much, but I said I, le- I left that camera satisfied. Yeah, yeah we do it. need a better camera. You guys did a good I do, job, I do think man. we need a better camera for that self-filming. Yeah, stuff, so but. we did self-film it. So I but but going back and watching it, that was one part of it I wished we'd have captured more of or been able to include more of because it was it was a really fun hunt. Just mm-hmm. in, in you know, a bunch the of dynamic of the out. people there too made it really fun. For sure. That's why I wanted, like you said, wanted to capture more of that. Yeah. So we're learning ourselves on how to self-film. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Luke Duesenberry or a Mather, you know. <laughs> when it comes to no. media work. You're not seeing shots. You're much more than I am. 
I'm a photo guy, though. The, the extent of my camera work is like, uh, I'll turn this on and just <laughs> see what happens. record everything. I think that's and my, my, hopefully my, my, something what happens. What I might have right? done, turn it on my guy show. So yeah. Recording. Yeah, record this. So give us some history, Brady, on how that happened. Like, what, how how that hunt come to be? Well, we've how long have we known Sloan? I was we, thinking about that on the drive down. We've today. known Sloan for a long, long time. I think I met Sloan at Archery Trade Association when he was working for Yeti. Yeah. I think that's where I met him, and it's probably been yeah, six Sloan, years ago. Sloan's an OG of the industry. Yeah. Yeah. So I know we've both known Sloan forever. You might have known him a little bit more than longer than I have. Yeah. But he's always been a homie. We always catch up with him every single year. We always talk randomly in text messages. Like it's like having one of those best friends who doesn't live in the same town as you, but you yeah. wish you did because every you time you see him, you're best friends. Yeah, because you knew you'd just be hanging out all the time. That's Sloan. Sloan's a guy that uh he's everybody likes him. Yeah. Yeah. I've never heard anybody say bad word about Sloan. Everybody, everybody really likes him. He's just a, a cool guy. I love his Instagram when he does his little Sloaner jams. Sloaner jams? Yeah. Cool edits he does. Yeah, he's mm -hmm. super talented. So, like, yeah, we were just talking for the longest time about we got to do a hunt together. Mm -hmm. And we just never were able to really put it together for a lot of years. And finally, this this year came up. And I don't know who pitched the Audit idea, but I think he did. Like, let's go Audit hunting. Let's, mm -hmm. go, let's go to Texas and do something cool. And go with Mr. Stephen West. Yeah, the legend we, himself. Yeah, we did that. Uh, Born Primitive was nice enough to invite us to do that. Mm -hmm. um, they were kind of launching their outdoor line, their hunting gear, right? And so, Sloan was involved with Born Primitive, Sloan's, right? That's yeah, how you guys. Sloan was involved. Yeah, involved with Born Primitive, and um, that that's how that whole thing kind of came to be. And he basically did all the the legwork. We did the easy part. We, you know, he put the hunt together. I think he knew Stephen. Yep. Yeah. So Steve Stephen West. Um, I think he knew him and kind of had it lined out, knew that it was a good piece of property and a good opportunity, and he kind of put the whole thing together. Yeah, very well-managed property. Yeah. And like, this is not a high-fence place. This is not a ride-around-in-your-truck type auto hunt, which I'm not no, knocking. No, you guys backpacked it. Which I'm not knocking any of those styles. I'm like, sure, they, they're there for reasons. But yeah, we backpacked it, which I really wanted. I think you'll see in the second episode where it's like, this is the hunting opportunity I wanted for Audit. Like, I love backpack hunting. Yeah. And to be able to do it in Texas? I just to be able I think in the a, desert, 90 degrees? I think a tough. lot of people have preconceived notions about Texas, mm -hmm. right? It's like, yeah, there is. Look, Texas is a uh, it's a candy store, right? It's like there's, <laughs> there's a flavor for everything, right? Like, <laughs> it, honestly, Texas has it all, literally. Like, if you want a backcountry hunt, there are opportunities in Texas to go backcountry hunting. It, absolutely. If you want to go high fence and shoot a giraffe, I don't know, something weird. I mean, shit, there's that too. Like Texas, it's kind of weird that it has such a preconceived, like, oh, it's that that's nothing but giraffes and zebras. It's like, no, there's some still really wild free range country. Mm -hmm. And Odd Dad were imported there. What, 1950? 50s. Yeah. Yeah, I was reading about it today, actually. It, uh, and again, I mean, I. <laughs> I believe everything I read on the internet, right? Of course. <laughs> anyway, but basically it said, like, people coming back, soldiers coming back from World War II. Mm -hmm. I guess some had been stationed in Africa, spent some time in Africa, had, had seen these animals and kind of recognized them as an, a really cool animal and an opportunity. And you thought, hey, let's bring them over. Let's mm -hmm. bring them to Texas and see if we can and they, put a, a hunting population together. And the original herd that was brought over and put together is all free range. Yeah. It's all free range audit. Mm-hmm. I also read today that in, uh, I don't know how true it is, again, the internet, right? But it sounds like maybe native populations and aren't, aren't doing as well in, in Africa where they're No, range. that's true. Hmm. But they're doing really they're well doing in Texas. They're doing phenomenal in Texas. Really well. Really well in uh, New Mexico as well. Yeah. 
that was for me. Like I'd, I'd drawn the tag in New Mexico and I'd gone down and I'd hunted in January and didn't, I did see some rams, but just, I didn't see like that, you know, the ram that you, you want to see. Yeah. Right. And, uh, I'd missed a ram actually, probably like a 26 inch with a rifle at like 80 yards. This is too close. Yeah. Yeah. I shot <laughs> yeah. I'm such an expert with a rifle that I was like, Oh, I can just rest my rifle on this top wire of this fence right here. That'd oh, be pretty. <laughs> be perfect. That'd be perfect. Great rest, right. Man. Yeah. Great rest. Anyway, yeah, I missed it. Shot not going to move it all. Shot over the top of it. Like, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, terrible. It was like a 26 inch ram, maybe. Um, but then spent the rest of the time that week hunting, and I ended up killing a ewe on the last day I was down there. But like the environment, that type of the topography, and just the man, just rugged desert. And then the animal itself, I think, is such a cool animal. Yeah, I'm fascinated with Audad. They're just awesome. fascinated by them. They're awesome. I've never hunted, you know, like a, a bighorn sheep species. So I can't really say. But Same. Same. We, we, we've I, joked. Are you going to say it, Trail? What we've joked about? I'm going to say, like, I might. I'm kind of more fascinated with Audad than I am with bighorn sheep yeah. of any kind, to be honest. I mean, you see, I, and I, I don't know if, it, and, and again, it's, it's probably because I've never hunted bighorn sheep. You know, I'm sure if I got like a true doll sheep hunt or a true, you know, Rocky Mountain bighorn or stone, I would be fascinated by them, probably equally or more so. But up and right now, I'm like on the ground. A, a, a big Audad, it is such an impressive animal. They're they're much bigger. I have been extremely fortunate, thanks to the great state of New Mexico mm-hmm. and their phenomenal draw system. Yeah, we'll get into that. Especially 10 years ago, that I was able to draw a bighorn sheep tag and go kill one. And I have hunted the free-range Audads in Texas, um, a while, even though it was a while back, but it still just stands out in my mind because it's such a great hunt. It is very similar, like country hunt style tactics but animal behavior very very similar odd that are much bigger like, i'm talking like the actual horn on their head the, horn, the horn looks so more impressive impressive me. like if you gave well just their body size is like wildly and, bigger and you get the chaps yep. yeah the chaps you are get cool. the beard yeah the chaps are really cool like just the, pure aesthetic of the animal i think yeah, they're incredible the beard. even where they, they got kinda, the little goatee yeah beard too. yeah even kind of stuff they're living into yeah like you can have deserts and caves and stuff like that but like these Audad just are in the caves, big groups. They're kind of a lot of eyes. They look cool, majestic when they're standing up there in the wind, and that beard is going back yeah. and forth. Ch- they're chaps. pretty cool, man. Like they're you cool. see, you see like a smaller ram, you're like, that's a big ram, and all of a sudden you see like a, a big, big giant. Ram. That's you're like, all pulled oh. out in the chest. Yeah, yeah. You look at the body size. Yeah. You look at the horns. They get like a little different color to them. I'm like, yeah, that's way more impressive. They than get the that. They get that chest pop when they hit full maturity. They mm-hmm. just they get that Brock think- Lesnar yeah. chest cavity. <laughs> You know, <laughs> they have the cat down the back too, the sword. The, the, yeah, the chest, yep, they got the, the sword, the whole yeah. thing. Okay, yep, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you think you'd still be excited about Audad if it were more, if it were limited as a desert, or is it because you're excited because you can, you know, you could potentially go back and hunt them down the road a lot easier than you could a desert? I don't think it has anything to do with opportunity. The, opportunity uh-uh. doesn't just like the animal. I'm, I'm, cool. I'm talking purely like objectively looking at that animal. I think it is one of the coolest animals. Yeah. I kind of feel that way about antelope, and I've said that before. That's but, how I feel about but an antelope, like you see an antelope, the sun's coming up, and oh, just the colors, the oh. orange, the white, the black horns. The alien head. Yeah, black eyes. Aesthetically, they're just a really cool animal, and I kind of feel the same way about Audad. I just think they are a really cool-looking animal. Mm-hmm. Like short little legs, big feet, you know, big giant chest, and just, you know, big sweep back horns. They're just a cool animal. So what do you think about the term on Audad or Barbara sheep is a poor man sheep hunt? I mean, I'm I'm okay with it. <laughs> you are. Hey, whose deer is poor man sheep hunt? Why? 
it was derogatory towards them because they're so badass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, really? Yeah. Well, they say Coos is poor man sheep hunt too. What? Remember Dave and Phil were telling us it's poor man sheep hunt. <laughs> Just because the environment, yeah. desert. Yeah, I mean, where I killed my buck was, I mean, it was. It was mountains. It was yeah. straight. She, we glassed rams right there two hours before we killed them. Yeah. I mean, it is a sheep and it is cheaper, so it does make sense to me, but I think it's more derogatory to the animal because they are such a badass creature. Yeah, that doesn't bug me at all. I could care less. Like, it, seems like, it seems yeah. like an odd could be in, you know, Lord of the Rings, like some majestic little thing on, mm-hmm. you know, running down a mountain. Super That's badass. funny that you picked up that, that that strikes you. It does, yeah. I don't like derogatory terms towards animals that are badass. <laughs> it, might, it might not be derogatory for a lot of other people, but to me it's, yeah, poor man sheep hunt. It's like, okay, let's just go shoot it. Like, no, I want to learn about it. I want to study it. I want to respect it. Yeah, and I think it deserves something a little higher than yeah. It's just a poor man sheep hunt. You get the same sheep experience, which you do. I understand it is cheaper. I mean, so they, if you haven't ever sheep hunted, it's what you could do. But so they so, seem know, to be more hardy than sheep. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. they seem to be like more more yeah, hardy. They can carry pneumonia and do just fine. And do just fine. To to that regard, do you think this is a good time to talk about like price and why they call it a poor man sheep hunt? Yes, you can you can do it for what is it like? backpack hunt probably like five to six yeah yeah i was looking Some today four, on the way down half. i was just googling uh texas audad hunts and they're mostly in that range of like 3500 to like six grand somewhere in that neighborhood yeah. backpack ones are gonna be cheaper mm-hmm. which is not not cheap i wouldn't say that that's like a poor man's sheep hunt mm-hmm. if you will but no. if you compare that to an actual doll sheep hunt at this stage of the game you're looking at what 25 or if you just 30K? Com- or if you just compare it to the cost of applying yeah. In all the states and mm-hmm. earning points. And look, the, there's the time value of money, right? There's not just the dollar of what a dollar costs today. It's also what that dollar costs as far as time value of health, time value of money, mm-hmm. time value of all of these things. It's like, man, you know, you could, you know, if you really wanted to, you could, you could still away 3,500 bucks pretty quick if you're just a little bit careful on maybe you don't apply as much and you only apply in two states instead of five states if that's just yeah. what you're after you know stop I mean? buying starbucks stop buying starbucks for 19 dollars a coffee yeah it's it's doable i wouldn't say i mean i don't i guess, I guess the, the term poor man's is subjective right it's, it's just it depends on where you're at and stage of your life and what you value what you want to put money into i was thinking about it today as i was driving around you know down here um do, do i feel like the value of a audit hunt in texas like we did do I feel like it was, you know, worth five grand? Unequivocally, I'd say yes. Yes. Hands down. I've even thought about maybe doing less spring bear hunting and maybe trying to do that and not a hunt so like that's every I was couple years. Yeah, how to like, prioritize yeah. that because yeah. it was such a fun adventure. Yeah. I loved every second of it. From the first one I saw to the last one I saw to carrying out all that silly weight because those things were stupid heavy. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, I agree. I think value, I think it's there. It makes total sense to me. And you can do it in a lot of other off-season time frame, too, that's which I think is another tr- and we intriguing went, thing to me. That's what's March? attracting to no, me. No, we went end of April, April. which I would probably not suggest because it was really hot. Mm-hmm. In fact, that was probably the latest, like Stephen said. Like, we were there. Last the, time of the year, right? Yeah, let me see what our dates were again. They say, like, February is the best, right? Yeah. We were there the 17th through the 22nd. We started driving back. So it was late, and it was hot. Like, we, were, we had temperatures in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And then we had night times in the 30s. Yeah, night times were so cold. That's just a wild place. So, <laughs> dude, we were in full blown puffies. I was in puffy pants, puffy jacket, everything in Mexico. I, like it's I, just it's yeah. desert's a wild place. 
Yeah, I had to give him my right arm that one night for some puffies. Yeah. So, so that's what's great, though. Like, you can go hunt these and, and uh, you know, hunt everything else you want, you know, if they're, like, give and yeah. take. But the only thing you have to give and take on is the money side. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah. you're not interfering with another season that you're going yeah. on. It's not like, oh, yeah, I'm a big whitetail hunter and I really want to go elk hunting as well, but I want to bow hunt whitetails and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I don't think I could, like, afford to do it every year based on – and I say afford loosely because I'm going to put money into other tags in the fall that are going to be – it's going to cost me a couple thousand dollars to put the permits I have planned out for the fall, yeah. like, you know, elk, mule deer, antelope, whatever it might be. But um, if I – I would do that hunt every year, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's it's really fun. Yeah. The, the only – I saw some comments yesterday that uh, people said it's a, it's a blast, but they're, it turns them off that you have to kind of go on private land in texas because there's not a lot of public. i mean so you have to pretty much you know hire an outfitter or maybe know someone that has them on private land but it's not something you really can just go fully do it yourself sure unlike you know new mexico you can sure but like the texas one yeah in new mexico you can't apply and that's that's the great thing about new mexico as well i mean these are those are free range public land a lot in a lot of cases uh odd ad and the actual the, the cost to apply is pretty cheap you have to front the cost of the tag but it's only 350 bucks mm-hmm. um you know draws aren't insane they're not great but they're not terrible either You're, and they also have archery only so if you're really into bow hunt and odd ad they have a couple of opportunities that you can apply for archery only hunts in a few different units uh, if you look through draw odds, the other ones, I mean, they range anywhere from, you know, 1% up to maybe 5%, 6%, 7%. And you do get multiple choices when you apply. So there's the opportunity if you, like, if that if you're hung up on not hunting private land in Texas and you only want to hunt, you know, public uh, in New Mexico, um, play the game. Yeah. I'll apply. And, I, and you can go OTC too. Yeah. Yeah, and look, uh, I, I'm all for people having their – their own morals, ethics, and mm-hmm. what what's, gets their juices going. And if it is public land, all that stuff. I'm, you know, being somebody who has experienced both, like, dude, these animals are still very wild, like insanely wild. Mm-hmm. We'll, uh, we'll get into it. We I don't think it, I, don't, I mean, it doesn't change the animal behavior. I can tell you that, you mm-hmm. know, might change the, may change the hunting pressure, but like the animal behavior doesn't change that at all. Mm-hmm. My experiences. Do you see any fences? To be honest, I'm trying to remember. That's what, that's what I'm saying, man. It is. <laughs> I don't think I did. I think that was some of the wildest country I've ever hunted. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. super rugged. Those mountains were nasty. Yeah, very nasty. And it's the lack of water too. Yeah, no water it was tough. Um, give us a rundown. Like first day. First day. First day we showed up. Like, literally, you get down there and we start driving around. Get up into the ranch area. And like just going through all these like again just like nasty desert roads you know just bouncing around get up to this there's a ranch house randomly on mm-hmm. the middle of it and instantly we parked right there and glassed across like the area we we're going to be hiking up to and those mountains look big like that was the thing i instantly realized like we're here right now we're gonna stay the night at the ranch house next morning we're gonna hike we're drive up and then you know park and hike but like looking at those mountains like they just look like a human can't climb up some of those like they're sheer you know Mm-hmm. But it's cool though, right? Where we sit there and we're glassing on ad from a long ways away. Like that's what's fun. You're seeing a lot of animals. You know, my favorite parts, and this is just goes to it goes back to the the entire experience of a hunt, right? So we we land, we drive. I don't probably four hour drive, four five hour, hour drive is a long drive. Where'd you guys fly into? Midland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, like a five hour drive, you're you're essentially right on the border, and. Uh, probably another hour, hour and a half out to this ranch house. And this ranch house is just like a, 
I mean, it's out in the middle of, middle of nowhere. nowhere, right? And we got there kind of early evening and kind of organized some of our gear. Then we went out on the front porch and we just sat there, you know, kind of leaned up against the tailgate of the truck. We were glassing the mountains, just like looking for sheep. But then you get like the best sunset. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's what, 50 degrees, you know, you're in a long sleeve tee and just like for me, that was one of my favorite parts. It was just like the ranch house, the setting, the sunsets. How'd you like all the mice in the ranch house? Yeah, there's some mice. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so they're sleeping on the bed and there's just mice crawling around. Like, Yeah, there's a few of those. Yeah, that happens. Little yeah. spiders here and there. Yeah, that didn't bug me. But it's part of part of the deal. It's right? part of the deal. I yeah. enjoyed that part. But I love that part. I love I love the setting. You know, the ranch house. There was like all these uh, old notebooks in the house yep. that had been kept there for years and years and years. All the notes of the ranch, where they'd seen deer, where they'd seen sheep, even even just like water projects. They were yeah, kind water of, projects. That was really cool. To see and it, it was cool too. That that fence in front of the ranch house had like old horseshoes and much oldest metal stuff just like hung on the fence. Yeah, a bunch of antiques. Yeah. It's very similar to Mexico. That's my yeah. favorite part about Mexico yep. too. Is is being at the at the um, what do they call it down there? The Estancia or something like that. The hacienda yeah, or what? Yeah, something like that. That's my favorite favorite part. <laughs> I don't part, know. Though. We need to get Omar in here. He'd know. I, he would know. <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite. That was one of my favorite parts. And then uh, we stayed that night. Next day, got up. Yeah, got up. Started uh, loading everything in the back of the truck. I think were you guys in the back of the truck the whole yeah. drive up? Uh huh. Ooh. Yeah, it was bounce, bouncy. Yeah, ouch! I was in the cab with the camera. With the camera, nice. Yeah, I'm just yeah. like, yeah, I'm a camera guy this trip. So I get, <laughs> yeah, I was front. trying to hold my bow in one hand just and bang oh, it off something. Yeah. Nice. Then like, they, like you said, that road was nasty. Like I'm glad we went up there in one trip and not like go back down to get to shuttle gear up there. But yeah, we basically parked there and what we have like maybe a mile and a half hike to uh, mm-hmm. to camp. It was an interesting hike too because it was it was fairly steep, but. Once you start getting up in there, you start realizing, well, this is we're going to be closer to the mountains than I thought we were going to be. But then the place we camped is literally the only flat spot mm-hmm. and the only flat spot with not like things that want to try to kill you, yeah. like thorns and cactus and all that stuff. And there was a little bit of water there. I but, thought I thought we would have water. Like I wasn't planning on going in with a 100-pound pack. And like literally, what did we carry, 14 liters each? Yeah, I had 13, I think. Yeah. Ew. Yeah, because at first we thought we had a smaller bag, but those big bags were actually 10-liter bags. Dude, billion-dollar idea figure out how to make water lighter <laughs> billion dollar idea <laughs> rehydrate it <laughs> i don't know what to do but you figure that out yeah yeah i, I just know that he kept hang he kept hang uh handing me you know like bladders like i'll oh, put that in your backpack put that in your backpack and i was like man wait Where, what where's this gonna <laughs> go i, I carry all this uphill and i got a, and i brought my 115 Swaro <laughs> bike i'm like we're just all going with of all course. this yeah, i remember thinking that's a mistake yeah <laughs> So yeah, we, we get up to the spot. Like I said, there was a little tiny bit of water, but it was like the grossest looking water you've ever seen. Like you will never want to drink out of it. And there was all these like... I don't think there was actually any like water that you could have actually got a sip. I no, think it, it was, was mud. It was just like a yeah. film on top, nasty. It was al- algae. Yeah, just growth. Yeah, but the, the one cool thing about... Oh, I, I wanted to just describe your sleep setup you brought on this hunt trail because oh, cold light. This, this is the most <laughs> so we're in the we're in the desert all right so i love floorless shelters yeah everywhere i go is floorless mm-hmm. except in the desert because mm-hmm. what do we got in the desert we got random snakes we got spiders scorpions. scorpions all that stuff all right so i elected to take a normal shelter with the with the floor in it you know two person shelter yep. i took a stone glacier mm-hmm. i look over what trail brings he's literally looks like he's like a scarecrow <laughs> like the bibber 
Vanarak or whatever. Yeah, the the Vanarak. He the describes Vanarak. it on the film as a crucifix. That's what it looks like. like it does. I, it does. Because I staked out the two arms. Take the two arms. And, yeah, and the, the foot box. Yeah, Describe the your thought process on why you brought that instead I, of a one man or something else. Well, I mean, it was, I figured it was going to be hot. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, you you're inside a tent. You put a rain, if you put a rain fly on it, right? You're kind of keeping all that heat, and the sun's you baking it put all a day. On. I never put a rain fly on. I'm like, it's gonna be hot in there. And then the other one, I was just like, yeah, I can't be bothered to like set up a tent. I'll just throw out the bivy and throw the bag in it, and you know, I'll get a little airflow. I'll get phenomenal views of the Milky Way at night. With, with all the scorpions. Out. Yeah, I mean, I ain't scared of scorpions. What are they gonna do? <laughs> you ever been stung by a scorpion? No, I haven't. Did you see any scorpions? I never looked. No. I don't think I did either. But so, I, but you're but not, like, the thing is, you're not going to see them unless you have a black light. Yeah, I, I didn't see any snakes either. Were you but. Were you actually hot though in that setup? Or did you just like leave it unzipped? Like I don't know how it works. I left it open, you know, and you can leave the foot box open. And I also took a quilt, so I just took a I took like a 20 degree quilt because I figured it would be pretty hot. And uh, mostly, I was just thinking weight. Like if I'm going backpacking and I didn't really know how far we were going to go. I didn't know if we'd be, you know, two miles or 10 miles. Yeah. That's we like, could have done both in this yeah, branch. And, so. and I thought if I'm packing water, I'd rather pack water than tent weight. Okay. But like when you're sleeping, it's like, you're literally, it's like, you have to go like this with your arms out the whole time when you're sleeping. No. That's what it looks like. <laughs> no. It just, looks like your arms are like <laughs> out to the side. No. I just, uh, uh, I just either tuck them down in like inside my quilt or I just sleep with my arms out, out the top. Pop the top, man. Views of the Milky Way are incredible, man. You get the best views of the stars. You lay there, look up, contemplate your life. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a star app in your phone? That's a great thing to have. That would have been pretty cool if I had. I love that star app. Yeah. So that was my sleep system. It worked okay. Okay. Oh. Yeah, it worked great. <laughs> great or okay? Great or okay. Great, greater than okay. All right. It worked awesome. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't have any issues. Sloan's over there in a four-season tent. He really was. He was set up for Everest. I'm like, that guy's going to sweat, what did he bring? sweat to death. Some North Face thing. Like, it literally looks like <laughs> yeah. he's set for Everest. Yeah, yellow. Yeah. He couldn't take his rain fly off, so like literally just Baked baking at night. Yeah. No thanks. I have spent some nights in a tent, like hot weather, early season, yeah, and I hate miserable. it. It's hot. Yeah, it's you get no airflow. It's just miserable hot. I don't like being hot. And stiff. It gets stiff in there. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't even remember. We got up there. We glassed for sheep the first day. Yeah, we, 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 we glassed to, just to the uh, left of camp, mm -hmm. and we saw those ewes and those uh, small lambs. They were like a couple hundred yards away. Yeah. Looking at those. We saw some up on top, I believe, and then we didn't see anything for a while. We're sitting next to that rock. That rock was really great, too. We had a big boulder that actually provided a lot of shade, like right by camp, so we could sit behind it and glass. That's the one thing. I I almost wished I'd have brought a a tarp. Tarp, yeah. Just to shade it out because there's no shade. An umbrella? Maybe. Glass and umbrella? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I just know there was no shade anywhere. Yeah. Ever ever since my desert sheep hunt in New Mexico in 2012 or 13, whenever that was, I I have had a tarp in my backpack ever since that day. Mm -hmm. It just, they weigh nothing. And man, when you want shade, it's like, you just, you got to have it. Yeah. You got to have it. So now I've, I've brought a tarp in my backpack every single trip since that day, no matter what. Yeah. No, the, the hardest thing to me is right when we get up there and set up camp, like you, we were carrying, like Trail said, literally 100 pounds. Yeah. Like we know for sure. Like, not, we didn't weigh it, but like it's heavy. Mm -hmm. And then you wanting to ration your water, but you're so thirsty. I yeah. was thirsty the entire time. The entire time. So it's a shitty feeling. Too. It is the worst feeling. <laughs> it's nice to like supplement, you know, with a lot of like hydration stuff. Um, but like 
every time you take a sip, you're like, do I want to take a second one? It would feel the so willpower. Good. The when, when so water good. hits your lips and you start chugging, the willpower to stop when your yeah. body's just like, you know, in that give me more, give me more situation. I remember it's on tough. the I remember on the flight home, like thinking back on the trip and like I, that was like the recurring thought that I had. Like for five, what six days, I was thirsty the entire time. Like yeah. never felt satiated. I just always it, thirsty. And that's where I appreciate being a camel, and not needing water because my body just naturally <laughs> had a state of dehydration. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. right. But, but uh, so after that, though, we sat around look, looking for sheep. So we think we saw some up on top of the mountain. Then we went off to yeah, lower, look at some lower country, lower country, looking at some of those canyons. And Stephen had told us, like, in October, a lot of these rams come down in the area, like, near our camp. But, like, during, I think they rut. They rut twice a year. Twice a year, yeah. Yeah, October and then the spring. Yeah, so, like, they come down. But since it's so hot right now, most of the big rams are probably going to be up on top. But we really wanted to check out everything in the area, cross things off when they're not, find out where they are. So we went off to these canyons, and then Trail and I split. Then we all kind of fanned out. We're glassing a different country. Mm-hmm. You're glassing down in the wash. I was glassing, you know, facing north. And then I went over to you at one point and uh, caught Trail napping. It's the only time I nap is when I'm, when I'm hunting. My I know, kids, I agree. My kids were asking me the other day because I was saying to my, yeah, my youngest one, why don't you go take a nap? He's like, I haven't taken a nap. I'm 11. He's like, I haven't taken a nap since I was like, you know, baby. <laughs> and he's like, why don't you go take a nap? And I was like, man, the only I haven't, the only time I ever take a nap is when I'm hunting. That's it. It's, I look forward to those every single year. So once a year. Is that why you hunt? Yeah, probably. Probably the reason yeah, you hunt? Yeah, those mid-afternoon mountain naps are the best on, the, ever. The parent memes on social media have become a big fan of. I saw an unbelievable, like made me laugh, unbelievably funny one. Now as an adult, I can't believe I ever said no to a nap when somebody told me to go take <laughs> yeah. one. Now looking back, like, I would love for somebody to go tell me to take a nap right now. It would be great. My oldest kid, being a senior, he only has, like, a few classes in the morning every day because he's caught up yeah. with everything else. So he'll come home, like, 11.30 noon, straight to bed, and oh, take, a, take, like, a two-hour nap before basketball practice. How I'm great just does that like, sound? oh, you suck so bad. I wish <laughs> I, wish I could. Ever, yeah. You know willingly skipped naps yeah. ever in my life i was having one of those naps though when you have been glassing the entire oh, time yeah. and you like your head starts bobbing off the front of your binos you know, down your that's, I recall. Yeah, that's that's where he caught me napping yeah. with my head rested against my binos but, but <laughs> i uh, try to fake it you know like oh, i'm still, I'm still glassing. but at that point though, i was glad i had the camera on me because i actually got to record that you know i was talking about it oh i didn't record him actually napping which again is our first time you know yeah. self-filming so i'm missing that stuff and then I think we split up again a little bit. You were glassing there, mm-hmm. and I moved down a little bit. And this is where, again, I wish we had more experience self-filming because then you saw something really cool. Yeah. I was sitting there glassing. It's like sun's starting to get low. I'm, like, looking down the wash. I'm just, like, fanning, and I catch just, like, a glimpse. It was really dark colored going right down the wash. And, like, my first instinct was javelina. You know, I'm thinking javelina, and I look, and pretty soon I'm like looking. I'm like, no, that's a that's a lion, <laughs> which is, I I did not expect to see a mountain lion at all, and so I can't even remember. Did I get a hold of you? I think I came back to you, and you had said you saw a lion. Yeah, I'm like, oh, there's a lion, and Brady, and then Stephen's like, oh, we should we should shoot it. Yeah, <laughs> and they were like, do you want to shoot it? And I was like, no, where's Brady? Get <laughs> get the gun. I can't make that shot. He's like 500 yards. Yeah, so that's. Mind get the, get the right how, tool for how, the job. <laughs> how nice of a person trail is. He glasses up, glasses up a mountain lion. And doesn't even want the, want the whack at it. Yeah. No. I'm like, Brady's got the long gun. Yeah. It's also 500 yards. 
Yeah, I would agree with you on that one. Like, just call call in the guy. Yeah, get the get the right tool for the job. Yeah. Not that I'm calling you a tool or anything. No, I, mean, I appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> but in that situation, <laughs> but in that situation, yeah. so that but then like that was a chaotic situation because we did stock down a little bit because it was going down the wash. We stocked down a little knob. I set up on the knob, and then like since I always want things to you know be a little bit more controlled, I'm not going to rush a shot, especially a long distance shot. It's such a small target. Like you hear me yeah. talk at one point, like the. The kill zone on a mountain lion. It's tiny. Tight. Its body size are super small. Mm-hmm. And yeah, what t- would you say? Especially in the desert. I don't know. What? 20 inches? Less, way less than that. Less than that? Like the body size is 10 inch, 10 inch vitals maybe? 8 inch vitals? Yeah, maybe. Like you got a little, a little bit of chest there. And these are, you know, Texas lions. Like Steven says in there, like that's a representation of a lion. It's not a giant lion like you're mm-hmm. shooting Idaho, Wyoming, Montana or something no, like that. No, but I mean, but, shit, how big do you expect them to get in the desert? In the desert, yeah. yeah. So like he's the line's going in and out of this wash, and I'm keep trying to set up my gun. I can't get a really good solid rear rest, you know. I think I, I heard Stephen say at one point, he's like, "Don't be afraid to miss." Like, I'm like, I'm yeah. not gonna just shoot. shoot. Yeah, you yeah. wouldn't have got another shot if you had. No, so I'm like, even if this thing stops at 500, if it goes out and stops at 800, 800 who cares? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm gonna make a well placed shot on this animal. So I'm like, I'm just gonna wait till it stops, wait till I'm comfortable, wait till I have the rear rest, dial everything. Hand some of my range finder to click me ranges so I could just, they could call range, I could dial, finally stopped where I needed to be. I think it was 580 yards and uh, whacked him. Pressed it off and mine literally got picked up because I was shooting my 300 rum. So, Tool for the job. <laughs> yeah, it did, it did the job, fell down. Uh, and yeah, then I was just like crazy. It's like, like I said on the, on the film, I killed two spot and stock mountain lions Which in so less cool. than six months without That's dogs. Awesome. Like do one, do yeah. one's pretty crazy and do a second one and trail's nice enough to, you know, pass up that opportunity and let me shoot yeah. at it, but pretty unreal. Here we are it in Texas. Unreal. Never thought I'd see a lot mountain lion. The desert is littered with lions, though. Yeah. It's crazy. They're, uh, what's crazy, though, is they're so hard to find in the desert, and you guys you guys did. It's mm-hmm. awesome. And like they, ha- they do have, like, Carmen Mountain whitetails on this property. So like, Really? Yeah. So these mountain yeah. lions are definitely eating, eating a lot of them. Yeah. Carmen Mountain whitetails. I would have loved to have seen that. I would have loved to have seen a lion make a run in an odd ad or, or yeah. a whitetail. That would have been yeah. pretty yeah. cool. Oh, actually, remember, I just remember this now. There was some javelina down in front of that line at one point before yeah, I shot. Yeah, that's right. We did see so some. So we're wondering line. if maybe the line, that's why it kind of slowed was, down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it was working those javelina. Was working the javelina. But, like, that's the point I said, too. Like, I forgot to grab the, the camera and toss it to trail. Like, hey, trail, record this yeah. whole like setup and stuff like that. I'm not sure where the camera was at. I wondered that. We, black, I, we blacked out. <laughs> I was filming. I was filming it through my spotting scope. You got to get a new out, phone. Mostly <laughs> I was calling out range to Brady and I just yeah. kept thinking, all right, Brady, let's do this. Come on. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. There he is. There he is. But yeah, I made, made it work when it needed to. Yeah. So that was, that was first day, which yeah. is crazy. Yeah. And then uh, that was right before dark. Yep. We dipped down in the morning, got the lion. Mm-hmm. And got then, for a little bit, went and got the lion. Yeah, and then uh, I guess, I mean, the, the rest of that day, we just, you know, looked for sheep. Um, kind of the highlight of day two for me was, like, we ate, we ate, I ate mountain lion. <laughs> How was it? It was actually really good. Be honest. How was it? It was actually really good. So I'm, I'm like, I'm old, yeah, but uh, I, I killed a lion in Utah, like a big mountain lion, and I'd gone with a houndsman, a guy that I just, I loved and respected, just in, you know, third, fourth generation houndsman, right? And we ran this lion, and I'll never forget, like, I shot this line, you know, we skinned it out and I was like, all right, you know, do I take what meat do we do? here? Yeah, yeah. What do we do here? And he was just like, I'm not eating that. And he's like, I don't eat lion. He's like, well, I don't eat lion. And 
at the time, like, it's the only lion I'd ever killed. You know, I didn't know anybody. I don't know anybody that ate lion. Yeah. Do you? Did no. you? Like, you? Right. Up until maybe, like, what, the last five years, it maybe? It became a thing. I, it yeah. became a thing. I hear people talking about eating mountain lion. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, for me, I, I can't even remember what year it was I killed that lion. But, yeah, I didn't I didn't take any meat. I didn't eat it. I didn't even know that people really ate mountain lion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's phenomenal. But, yeah, we ate this lion, and it was actually really good. And I was hesitant. I was like, I don't know, am I going to eat this? And, you know, we cooked it over a, what was that even? We found it was like an old metal grate. I think something with military. Some, some military sort of grate thing. Mimit. That's cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Leaned it over the fire. We had some seasoning. Yep. Salt and pepper and maybe something else. I can't. Oh, do you know what was the best on it? was uh, Cholula. Cholula's good on everything, Bro, first put, of all. But, but Cholula on the, I'm, I'm genuinely being honest, it was really good. Yeah, wow. so I, I made a lot of, okay, everyone knows I love burritos. I make a lot of mountain lion burritos at home. Yeah. Because I got, you know, two mountain lions at home, make it a lot. Back in the day, I think 2010 was probably the first time I ever had mountain lion. We had this thing in it. I lived in a small town in Montana. One of the bars had what was called like Wild Game Wednesday. This guy was like an outfitter, did a bunch of stuff in Alaska, and all the clients who didn't want to take stuff home, he would, you know, slowly bring it down to the States. So he couldn't pay for anything because it's all wild game mm-hmm. meat. But then he'd help to go there and have drinks. So I had mountain lion stew a bunch. Yeah, everything in the stew kind of tastes good, but like I do yeah. remember mountain lion stew was actually really, really, really good. good. And having these last two mountain lions, like it's it's a game meat that is really, really tasty. How long did you guys let it sit for? What do you mean? Like, you mean overnight? Yeah, like the meat. How long? Oh, 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 like that overnight. And then we, we, we were glassed for a little morning. bit in the morning and then we went down and recovered it. Yeah. And then so we, how, ate it, we ate it that night. Yeah. That so it, it had broke down a bit. Yeah, it was. We, yeah. It must be like cut it all up. I deboned everything. We brought it back, and we were laying it in the, in the shade part of yeah. this rock. Because green lion meat, I feel like, would be fairly different than, like, green deer meat. You know what C- I mean? Yeah. Cooked up, it, it was kind of color of, like, pork mm-hmm. yeah. or, or chicken or anything. And I know that, like, at first I was like, I don't know if I really want to eat this. I mean, we're out here cooking it on this old hunk of metal yeah. from some military piece, you know. And I was like, I don't know, but I got to try some, right? Yeah. So I had a bite or two, and then I think I ate three or four pieces. Yeah, we. I think we. we ate I think we all ate till we were. I think really we ate the entire full, two backs full up. Yeah, we, we, it was. It was like really how good. how long do you let deer meat or elk meat sit for before you cook it? Uh, I mean, it depends on the weather, right? What I've got, like, if I can hang it and it's cold, like I might hang it for four or five days and then cut it and freeze it. Yeah, but what's um, like the fastest you'll eat something? Well, I've eaten it like day of. How long though in between? Mm. half day maybe yeah that's what i, I usually try to go yeah. for like six eight hours sure let it break that let that yeah enzyme so break down a little twitching. bit yeah so you don't get sick mm-hmm. you know do you do you let lions sit longer or you let it sit like that same kind of i just eat things just i don't know you're not worried about green meat at all no, no. why it was actually really tender because well, you can get pretty sick <laughs> i mean we're cooking it i mean still though it, no I never worry. No, it it ate really good. I know that. Like right. I wouldn't hesitate to eat it again, to be honest. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, you hear, you just have to get over the fact that it's a predator and eating a predator. I think that's like even Porter here. He gives me a hard time every time I post something on Instagram of me cooking bear meat. Yeah, he sends me this like puke emoji. I bring it into the office. He's like, "Oh, I'm not gonna ever eat that." I'm like, "Dude, have you ever tried it? Like, have you ever tried?" It? He's like, "No." I'm like, "I you like can't bear fat. Say this bear fat. then that cooking it's, in bear fat is amazing. It's so it's actually really good. Like, if yeah. I made you a burrito right now of Bear meat, mule deer meat, and mountain lion, you would eat all of them and say they're all great. Yeah. For me, it's like that potential threat of like trichinosis, right? When it comes to the bear. And like, I get a little bit weird about eating it in the field 
in that regard because you're like, how long is long enough to have it cooked? Like, how done is it? I remember mm-hmm. Sloan being like, I don't know if this one's totally done yet. And I'm like, ah, oh, shit. Throw it back on the grill. Yeah, I'll take I'll take a little crust on it. Yeah. But uh, I was trying to remember, was that the same day that I killed yep. that you? Yep, I got the pictures right here. So uh, you said the highlight was eating the mountain lion. Maybe right. I wanted to go back and be like, you actually did something pretty yeah, I, cool. I, I don't know. Yeah. Eating mountain lion was pretty cool. That was memorable. Was cool. I know mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I shot, a, shot a sheep with my bow. So proud of you. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, we'd seen uh, we'd seen one nice ram, like a twenty eight inch ram with uh, a bunch of ewes and lambs, and basically these guys could sit and watch from camp. And so I made a loop up around the backside, and kind of came in on the diagonal to them. And when I got, I guess you guys had actually seen three other big rams come over the top. Oh, we, we were looking, we were looking at those all day. Like, oh. yeah, I could I couldn't see them at all. Yeah, and no no communication. So like, I had no idea that they were right above yeah. me. And uh, I got over there. I couldn't ever find this ram. Uh, I did finally eventually see him, and he kind of skirted me and gone the opposite direction. But the half the group had split, and they came working in underneath me. And I think there were four or five um, ewes and maybe a couple lambs in this little group. And they kind of worked in right underneath me. And at that point, I'm, you know, I was like, oh, I would love to kill a big ram. But then I was also, I want to kill a sheep with my bow. And yeah. I didn't know. I, it worked out. I mean, no spoiler alert, I killed a ram also with Brady's gun. But uh, at that time, I thought, you know, one sheep, I'm just going to take one sheep off of this. And I was like, I'll, I'm totally okay with shooting at you yeah. with, with my bow. But, yeah, she worked in underneath me about 45 yards, kind of stopped uh, at a diagonal kind of downhill and ranged her and, I drew on her and just executed a great shot. How far? 45 yards. Ooh, I remember you, money tell, zone. remember you telling me you got to full draw and it was just perfect. Yeah, just that there, just one of those arrows that you're like, yep. Yeah, perfect. right when it releases. Mm-hmm. How, how far do you go? Maybe 80 yards. That was one of the interesting things is she went, I, I hit her and I knew she was dead when I hit her. And she kind of ran down and she stood on the edge of this like ledge and then she walked along the edge of the ledge and then just disappeared. And I was like, oh, wow. So then later I got back and talked to these guys, and they're like, oh, man, she, like, tiptoed right along the edge of this ledge, got to the end of it, and just... See you later. Off she went. Yeah, she uh, fell maybe 15 feet, 18 feet off this ledge. Yeah, because Steven was watching the whole time. I actually yeah. know you killed it. I was away from Steven glassing a different area. They said, mm-hmm. oh, trail shot one. I'm like, cool. He's like, I watched the whole thing. I'm like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's awesome. awesome. So I worked down to her, uh, started processing her, got her all cut up, got all the meat off, and then Sloan, Sloan decided he was going to hike up just a, a gentleman, real gentleman. He hiked all the way up. And I remember he got up to me, and that guy was just drenched in and sweat. sweat. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> That's why he's such a great guy. Because it was a serious climb. Yeah, he got up there and helped me pack her off. But, yeah, I got all the meat and, and the head. And it was really – it was fun. It was cool. Yeah, it was cool you hiking back with that that night and getting to hear your story. And that was the night we had all those javelina back at camp, too. There was, like, 15 javelina at camp. Yeah, it's check like out hanging my out, walking sleep around. system. Checking out the, the banner act. Were they digging in, in yeah, camp? Yeah, rooting around. Yeah. yeah, yeah, rooting around. Little bastards dig like crazy. Yeah, they were all around my my little baby laid they're, out. They're yeah. probably shocked somebody was in the <laughs> desert sleeping with that. Uh, yeah. yeah, but the cool thing is, though, like Trail said, that night we actually put a couple big rams, you know, tentatively to bed Yeah, up yeah, on top. At that point, we'd finally seen some big rams, and we kind of had an idea on where What's they were. What's big? Hanging. Like 30? 30. Yeah. 30 in mass. 
Yeah. And you could, we like, the, like Trill says earlier, we kept seeing like, you know, 26, 28 Rams. And like, we were both like, those are like great Rams. Until you finally see that next level Ram, mm-hmm. then you're like, then once you see that first one, you're like, oh, wow, those other Rams we saw were actually like totally not shooters. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, they're still great Rams, but like these other Rams are. That's the class you're after. Yeah. yeah. Like the body, the chaps, like they were just majestic sitting up on that. On it's that like seeing line. any big animal when you see it, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's big. That's big. Yeah, got yeah. it. Yeah. So we put those rams to bed and then we woke up the next morning and uh, that was a big coffee day. We had a lot of coffee that morning, just sitting around again, glassing on our rock, looking up there. I believe we saw a couple of those rams still mm-hmm. in the morning. And like, you know, that's one of those things too, where it's like, I wish we just went, went, went right up there yeah. to get go because I assume to me that, you know, more animals are going to be up higher in the mountain that time of year because it's cooler. Things stand in that wind area. All these ewes and small rams are kind of down low. But then we grabbed a bunch of our stuff and again, all their water. I just looked it up earlier that 14 liters of water we carried, that's 31 pounds of water. Yeah. <laughs> Billion dollar idea, Yikes. make water lighter. Yeah. So I'm not sure how much water we actually had then at this point because we were rationing still, but we got to grab all of our water, all of our backpack gear. Yeah, Used I didn't to- have a ton of water at that point anyway. No. It comes very clear through film that you guys were out of water. I remember thinking getting to the top of that because we had maybe, what, another 1,500 foot in elevation again. Yeah. And I remember getting to the top of that and thinking, like, this is going to be a long-ass two days. Yeah. Because, like, I don't have much water. I am thirsty. Yeah. But the craziest thing, though, we decided to go up there. Mm-hmm. But we decided to leave all our shelters and stuff down below. Mm-hmm. We're like, we're just going to go up, try to kill one, and come back down. Make it a day trip. Hindsight, later on, we should have taken all of our gear up there. I definitely should have taken my quilt. <laughs> should have taken some down jackets up there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we hiked all the way up. Uh, we ran into a group of rams and some small ewes on the way up. Got to a little saddle. And once you got up on top and looked at that, that country, it looks totally different. It's <sighs> so much country there's, off the backside. There's endless terrain. And then you actually start to get some, like, trees and stuff up there, which is kind of cool. We actually saw... Cool. Yeah, had some shade. Yeah, we actually had some shade. We sat around. Sloan was, again, eating his little... Can of sardines on the top yeah, of the mountain. Yeah, can of spam at one point. Can, I know can of spam at mm. one point. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a legend. And uh, <laughs> then we actually saw our first Cameron Mountain whitetail. And actually had antlers still. Yeah. That's cool. Good yeah. buck. Mm-hmm. Really good buck. I didn't even know that thing existed. I didn't, I didn't, I'd never heard of a Carmen Mountain Whitetail. Basically the exact moment, same size as a coos, similar yeah, antler size. Until Steven started telling me, oh, this is a different thing. I was yeah. like, really? I had no idea. Never heard of it. You ever mm. heard of that? I mean, I've. Yeah, I've never seen them, though. Yeah. I've heard of them. They're more towards, like, Chihuahua and Texas. Yeah, I'd never heard of one. Yeah. But that was pretty cool to see them. Yeah, so... Uh, we just kept ridge hopping at ridge that hopping. point, mid-afternoon. We kind of were... I think Stephen was telling us, like, okay, be ready, because any time it could happen, because we were coming up to the area where those rams were, hoping they might be bedded right there. Of course, you get up there, and yeah, you and, don't and see that's, many. That's kind of where the name of the series came from, was Ramtown, because we, we kept looking over the top of that ridge, being like, that's Ramtown. Yeah, that's yeah, got to where the Rams are. Nec- nec- next ridge over, yeah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we, well, we did see those that small band of, of Rams. Mm-hmm. They're kind of in those trees a little bit, and we set up in what was kind of shade and glassed them for a little while, but they weren't uh, anything we wanted to shoot. Yeah, then we popped over to that next ridge, and we were sitting there, and look, we look over, and there's a how many? Six? Rams? Ramtown. 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 <laughs> We're in Ramtown across this big canyon. Real rough, nasty, big ass canyon. And we started started seeing sheep. I think originally we saw two. It was probably one of probably one of the ones the one that I killed eventually. But then we saw that one that uh you, you missed. 
Mm, we did, huh? <laughs> <laughs> love how you slipped that in there. So yeah, I can't, love I can't wait for the internet to jump all over me about this one. But <laughs> so the situation was we separated from you guys. You yeah. guys stayed right there. We went way off to the left, glassing another canyon. You guys spotted stuff, so we came all the way back and made mm-hmm. it come around this big opening. And right when we get back there, you guys is like the rams were kind of docile, just kind of like hanging out. Like they were killable right from where you were glassing from. By the time we got over there and set up, you're like, there's the ram. Oh, the rams are going to get over the ridge. I looked at the footage after the fact. I think I had like a minute and a half to find the rams with my binos to be able to set my gun down, pull my bipod out, get everything set up, range it, and take a shot. And uh, then after the fact, the show, so I you know, get set up, ram's walking, ram stops, I take a shot, and I instantly thought I crunched him because I heard it. But it was literally like 14 inches, I think. In front to, of it. 14 inches to the right. Mm-hmm. Or 14 inches right or to the left. Right. Yeah. And the ram goes over the hill. I am just. Brady is pissed. pissed. I can I am, imagine. I am so you mad at myself. Brady really pissed? Not. No, not that pissed. Because I can imagine how pissed he was in that moment. Brady was pretty pissed. So Trill tra- tra- asked me instantly, which we, I don't know if this shows in the film, but he's like, I'm going to film you right now. I'm like, Trail, you do not pick up that fucking camera right now. <laughs> I am not in the mood to talk. I am just, I just want to be by myself for a little bit. Just, just let me sit here and get my thoughts. Myself. So I literally finally, I was sitting there. I started, I grabbed my Kestrel. I was grabbing some wind then. And it, like the thing that pissed me off is like, yeah, sure. You could say like, I should be better at, you know, being able to take a rush shot, which I should have. But in the moment it was just like, I didn't pay attention to the wind as much as I should. I knew I had wind at me. I wasn't referencing the wind at the animal because it was so quick. Normally, if I was laying down, I could get all that stuff together. I could even ignore the kestrel, but look at that wind out there. Yeah. So after I grabbed the kestrel, I realized, okay, there was a lot more wind, and I should have taken that account because I could feel the wind on my face. But if I had dialed the correct wind, that's exactly how much I missed by. Yeah. So that's why I was really pissed because, like, I know better. I literally know better. Well, there's that, and then that was also like our last full day of hunting. That was the last like, full day. So yeah, the next, we we would have had the next morning, and then that afternoon we're we're leaving. Yeah. So and and that's like the first band big. of like big yeah. rams big we'd rams. seen. Yeah, and that was a big ram. That was a big ram. And so yeah, I I, I miss, and then trail finally grabs the camera. I, I walk through all this stuff, and I'm just down on my just down. And I don't think it was very long after that where I look down the mountain and like, dude, I got a ram. And then Stephen pulls up his binos like. That's our big ram. We got to go. And we just grabbed the rifle again. Like, we're going to go off on a stock. I'm like, okay, so the lowest of the low. Now you're back. And now we're I see a back. ram. We're back, baby. And this ram is actually bigger than the other ram. The other ram was big. Hey, this one's even bigger. It happens for a reason, man. I don't know how. I don't know why, but it's like. Brady's headed off. I'm like, hey, don't miss. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, so I, I, I go make a stock down on this ram, get set up. And then this ram's kind of working on some rock cl- cliffs and ledges. And I'm laying in this grass. The grass is so tall. So I'm like grabbing all the grass and, you know, moving all the grass, trying to get set up again. I'm going to try and get really comfortable. Like now this is my redemption time. Mm-hmm. But then I remembered exactly what I experienced before with the wind. And the wind's still the same. So I'm like, oh, I got this now. I got this wind figured out. I know the wind at me. I can see what the wind's doing out there again, like I should have done the first time. So I'm like, I know the exact wind dial. If this ram stops and give me a shot, he's dead. And the hardest part, the ram stopped. And I think you might have said before, like, the ram looks like Gandalf, like a big, long beard. It's, like, moving around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, the ram actually ram, stopped. Ram. And I could see his chaps moving. It was, like, the coolest thing. I'm behind my gun. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I knew you like Lord of the Rings, too. Love so Lord Lord of the Rings. Throw that, that in. Yeah. That I'm like, oh, Brady, you'll love this. Yeah. And so then, <laughs> then, then I'm getting ready to, 
touched the shot off and the horns are so massive that he turns. I'm like, I can't shoot. I'm going to hit his horn. It's like, I'm going to hit his horn. Yeah, right. Finally, finally turns away and he's kind of cording towards me. So I'm like, I'm just going to shoot him right in the front shoulder and, uh, you know, poke it through everything. Yeah. It's a big gun. Mm-hmm. I can just push it through. Touch it off. Ram goes like 70 yards. I'm like, oh, I can hear it. I was able to watch the impact because I dug all my bipod, my rear rest in really well. So I was able to track the impact. Ram goes like 70 or 80 yards and kind of stops a little bit and then kind of like, I can't remember if it bedded or, or fell down, but it laid there for so long. I was looking at my bind. I was looking through the scope. I'm like, I haven't seen the horns move. Like, he's got to be dead. Like, mm-hmm. completely dead. But I didn't know for sure because I could only see a little bit of his horn laying there. I walk up to trail. <laughs> Nicest guy ever. Love trail. <laughs> This trail is my intru- favorite part of the video. <laughs> trail, I love this part. Trail instantly says, oh, it looks like it might have been a little low. <laughs> little low, huh? Little low, huh? <laughs> and I was like, dude, I killed him. He's like, little low. <laughs> I, this is my favorite. Just gives me the hardest it, time ever. I'm just like, <laughs> I stand there with my face. It's like, I don't even know what to say. It's the, mo- it's the most like organic, pure look into the relationship between all of us. I love that part of the film. I just I know how much pride Brady takes in, in like the shooting. In, yeah. the, in the shooting, and so if you're gonna give Brady a, a hard rib. time, yeah. you just gotta take a little dig. Yeah, little, little low. Looks like you got him, but a little, little low, Brady. I just want to say, like, Trell, you were way up at a different angle. I actually tried punching <laughs> it through the front shoulder. <laughs> that's what's me. so. That's what's so funny about it. And it makes it really funny. Justify. Yeah, yeah, he I mean, knows, yeah, he knows how to you know dig it in there a little bit <laughs> instead of like celebrating right away. That's the first thing he says is like, looks a little low. Yeah, we had a good chuckle after though. Yeah, we had a, had a good time. Yeah. But that was cool. It was, was fun to watch the whole thing. Yeah, especially, like I said, highest to high to lowest to low. And I don't know if, like, that commotion kicked up that other ram. Might have been. He came out of a different canyon. Yeah, kind totally of a, little, a little slot canyon. He was all by himself. Mm-hmm. Was he by himself or you have another one with him? No, nope, he's by remember. himself. Yeah, by himself. One thing, anytime you're hunting, like, you uh, I feel like you have, like, those moments on a hunt that get, like, burned into your mind. And I remember Brady's ram that he killed. He's kind of standing and he's looking kind of at me, like, quartering to me. And I'm, lo- I'm watching him through the spotting scope, waiting for the gun to go off, waiting, you know, for the, re- the, re- the report of the rifle. Yeah. And uh, I remember, like, the wind blowing through his chaps and his beard, you know, and he's standing there just, like, with his horns kind of looking. It was awesome. That's why they're so cool. They're cooler than a desert bighorn, man. Yeah, it was, it was cool looking. Straight fact. Very cool. Straight fact. Yeah. We were sitting there kind of celebrating, and then we looked across, and here's two more. And I, I think they were probably a part of that same original group. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, like, knowing... You know, we only had that that evening. We were like, oh, let's go. Let's go try to kill another one. That's what's wild to me watching this film is like, you guys literally did find Ramtown because it, it, in the film, it like went zero to 60 mm-hmm. real quick. Yeah, we got into them. Yeah. <laughs> zero to 100 yeah. real quick. I don't know how many total Rams were in that canyon. Probably so many. 11, maybe. Yeah. Well, it felt, it seemed like in the film that they just kept, like, there was, you'd look a different direction and there was, yeah. yeah, remember those rams we saw way off in the distance too? That one that was better on that boulder on the horizon. Yeah, and that's the one we maybe thought we were going to go after. And when you started measuring it in the range, better too, it's like, oof. Yeah, it's like that a one's a ways away, mile and a half or something. Yeah, but luckily, yeah, if we're celebrating, you said we, we turned up those other rams. Yes, yeah, so we took off. Just Tur- made tur- a, made a run at them. Turned to me and asked if you could borrow the long gun. And yeah. I was like, oh, this is my oh, dream here come we go. true. I was trail like, using my rifle. I was feeling like Quigley down under. <laughs> it's like I'm gonna reach out and touch one finally. Let's do this. Yeah, so we made a badass stock. Yeah, we bombed walk, over walk there. The stock. Yeah, we had uh, we had a little bit of topography between me and him, and we were able to drop down this little canyon and then side hill it around, staying out of sight. Popped up onto this perfect little saddle. It was like a little flat spot. Looked across, and I think he was 340 yards. Mm-hmm. I want to say money zone. Yeah, and he was just kind of working side hilling it up, and then he turned and started working up the hill. And Brady was kind enough to get all just take care of me. 
You know, it was, like got, my, it was like my little son. I was like, yeah. ranged it for him. I, Did you feel like you were? I, I adjusted care of the, the, kid? the gun was leveled, dialed mm-hmm. the turret. Oh, the wind was already dialed again from last shot, and I just confirmed it and you know, dialed <laughs> the windage. <That's> so awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then the thing I remember about the whole shot <sighs> was Brady was like, why don't you t- take a dry fire real quick? Just put it on him. I'm not going to load one, take a dry fire. And I was like, just, just, let's just do this. Let's just, let's, let's, just, do <laughs> let's just shoot this sheep. Let's and he's like, no, right no, t- take a dry run on it. So I think I did. Yeah. Because he made me. Yeah, I did. I told him <laughs> literally to. like the sun. Literally made <laughs> He's like, you're going to dry fire this because like, you've never felt my trigger before. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, and it's my trigger is very light. Pretty smart, honestly. Yeah. I'm like, I've shot 8 billion rabbits. I can definitely <laughs> make this shot. And uh, yeah. We got one loaded hot, and I just put it right on his shoulder and d- him. dumped him, crunched him. Yep. He even said in the film, too, you're like, what I do? Oh, yeah, press the trigger. I pressed the trigger. Pressed the yeah, trigger. I, I, was pro- I was proud of you for that. Turns out those 8,000 rabbits you shot paid off. Turns <laughs> out I just jerked the shit out of it, and he just he, he, he <laughs> died. The coolest thing to me, though. Spray, man. Yeah. Cool. I, I wish I brought my spotter over there to set up Digiscope. Yeah, it was fast. Fast. But I set the camera down to try to, like, get it, you know, have trail behind the rifle when he, when he touches a shot off but tr- i just want to give props to trail he made the absolute perfect shot on that ram there we go bud. you couldn't have oh, placed that bullet i feel warm and any, fuzzy inside. any more perfect <laughs> for never using my rifle before he's never shot in his life to doing a little dry fire beforehand mm-hmm. to then taking it in like in a really cool area and watching that ram just hit it fell off that yeah. little cliff and was like wedged in that little like Taylor Rock thing. I think that's the only animal I've killed with a rifle in, in a while. In a long time. We got to change that. Mountain goat is the going. only one I can think of. That one? Yeah, I did kill it's that the only one. one I can think of. Yeah, I remember that. I, before that, I can't remember. I remember killing a, a mule deer in Colorado, but that's been eight, nine years ago, maybe? It's been a while. Look at you. Since I shot something with a Look rifle. At you. Just yeah. kill mode. Yeah, I just smoked it. <laughs> I was like, I'm from Paiute County. I can shoot shit with a rifle. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Yeah, it was fun, man. And then uh, it got got dark on us, and that was rough. Tell, rough country. Let's describe this night here. Okay, so now we're back. So yeah, some people might ask, like, why didn't you go to him that night, right? Yeah. Um, it was it was a better judgment from the <laughs> Stephen. He's like, I don't think it's a good idea to try to navigate this and then take care of the animal in the dark. Because we had two to take care of. Two two to take care of, and walking up to mine the next morning, he was essentially dead on this like little ledge on like super cliffy stuff it would have been pretty gnarly in the dark and yeah. i don't know that we'd actually found it to be honest no. i had a hard time finding it in the light the next day so we decided to wait that night um and we decided to stay up there that night didn't go back to the tents and it was the, it was awful horrible night sleep got like, cold literally cold we're on this ridge line we have a little bit of relief uh with some rocks and boulders and stuff but we're all just like digging out like mule deer beds on the top it's awesome so I look over at everyone. I'm walking around trying to film it. Like I literally took my game bags out, laid my game bags on the ground as like, you know, sleeping bag in a <laughs> sense. I used my down. I think I had maybe one down thing. No, I didn't have any down. No, you just climbed in your. I, I climbed in my. I climbed in my stone glacier. Pulled bag. everything out of his backpack and climbed inside that. Because it got kind of smart, honestly. So I, I was trying to get a little relief because at first I got some sleep, but then the wind picked up. Yeah. Oof. And once that wind picked up, like. You'll see in the film, like Trill and I talk, like we might have got two hours of sleep the entire night. It was so freaking was it cold. hot that day before. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was hot, but it got, I'll bet it was in the 30s. Isn't it weird how the desert does that? It's yeah. like the hotter, the hotter days are the colder yeah. nights. And it wasn't just the cold, it was 
40 mile an hour, 30 mile an no. hour winds all Gross. night long. Yeah. So that was the hard part. And then he, he, your sleeping thing was funny because you had a giant cactus like right next to you. I was like, don't roll over and hit yeah. that tonight. I didn't sleep. I think I slept maybe an hour that night. It was just, we're just shivering. Every time you try to get to, to sleep, you start shivering again. Yeah, yeah, mostly we just tried to tend a fire that we yeah. kind of built up on. There's like this big rock pad, you know, and just try to keep the fire going just to stay a little bit warm. And then we woke cold. up really early in the morning and basically just stood there around the fire in mm-hmm. the dark and waited for the sun to come up. And we're just like, come on, son. Get yeah, over please. That warm us up, please. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it's amazing. And, and it's the a- next day was amazing. Perfect. Perfect weather. weather. Yeah, wind died. It would have been the best hunting. It was amazing. Amazing weather that day. Of course. It was uh, awesome. Of course, that's the way it goes. Except I got some funny here to talk about. So we've been talking about rationing water the entire time. Like that night, not having a lot of water. We're still rationing anything. We each had like maybe half a liter left. And now we have to go recover animals, cut them up, pack them all out, and get down to camp. And then from camp, get down to truck on no water. It's a long ways. So I, but I'm dropping down navy and go pick up my ram. Like... Ramtown's got to have some water. You know, this thing's got to drink. Luckily, there was a bunch of canyons down below that had crossed through. Tons of water. Was it good water? I don't know. I filtered it twice. Well, I mean, it t- good enough water you could treat it? Oh, yeah. They, they drank it. I filtered it twice, you know, did drops as well. And uh, oh, yeah, I drank a lot of water. Did they bring any water for you? I think they did bring Just some. some. But we didn't bring a lot. <laughs> not not a lot. That's what I felt bad for. I'm like, oh, yeah, I already drank like two liters down there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have any of that. I was thirsty the whole Just time. Just enough to like I, I told you with yeah. some and then, water. And then we got, yeah, we got, we got, we got back to the top. We, we met up. We divided and conquered. Steve went with uh, Brady and Sloan went with me. And we, you know, divided and got those two sheep taken care of. And then we packed up and kind of met together. And those guys are like, man, there's a great big water, big pond down there. Brady's like, I'm waterlogged. I drink till I'm sick. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and you got just straight butthole lips. Yeah. Dry as can be. Yeah. 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 I'm like, high, high five, Brady. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> dude. I think I even told him to. It was like, you should have shot your sheep in a better area. Yeah. He did say that. Perfect. I think he brought me like half a liter. But I, I, th- I think better than nothing. But I think that they were thinking, because I mean, they're, they're packing sheep and yeah. gear. You know, I'm, I'm sure they're not yeah. like, it's oh, the I don't thought pack. that counts. Yeah, they're like, I don't want to pack an extra two or three liters of water. And it was a hot pack out. Mm-hmm. Oh. It was hot. Even to get up to the ridge to meet you guys, it was pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. Like, those sheep weigh a ton. And I was, of course, like you guys had joked about in Alaska, you know, I was packing a lot of hide. I'm doing a half body mount on that thing. Yeah, I didn't Their horns are huge. The head's huge. You know, they got a lot of weight to them. Mm-hmm. I didn't do cape. They make a sick, super cool euro. They do make a badass euro. Super cool euro. Mm-hmm. I got, you don't get the shaps and you don't get the beard. I know, but I got I got a big ram and then I got two U's. Makes like this nice little triangle, you know. It's, it's, it's it looks pretty sick. That's cool. That's pretty cool. Yep. Brady did a full. You're doing full full tilt, right? Full mount. Yeah, half half body. I'm going to do it kind of bedded on a rock, so the the legs going to hang over a rock outcropping, so you'll be able to see the, the chaps hanging right down. There, yeah. Because when I was like at this animal, like my animal has a giant scar across the side. That's cool. Like huge scar. I think that's from them rubbing their horns. One of their horns, yeah. So I was like, I really wanted that side to show through. And my taxidermist, when he was actually doing all the work, he's like, yeah, dude, they had a hard time with the tannery because that stuff was just calloused over, like just hard, hard leather. And I was like, that's cool. I want to show that off. Like, you know, they're cool ram. Like Mm -hmm. Stephen said, you know, ram's 13 years old. Yeah, they were thir- both both of them broomed off. Yeah, broomed off. Thirteen years old. Mine was thirty and a quarter, long, awesome. like just a cranker to carry his mass all the way through. It's like, dude, this is such a cool animal. I gotta do it half body. Just that's just him. that's the Brady special, man. It's art. Got to mount him. Got to mount him. It's art. Everything man. but the moose. 
And it's yeah. a giant moose. The moose are heavy. <clears throat> but yeah, it was cool. And then uh, fun pack. I mean, pack out was pretty mellow. Um, downhill the whole way. Downhill the whole way. Which it was, was yeah, all it was the way really to the nice. truck actually. Yeah, that's great. And then the best thing ever is when we finally got we got all the gear and everything packed out. Uh, Dude, how heavy do you think our packs were going out? Once we got to base camp, know. then we had to load your U as well. Like My mountain line. <laughs> it sounds like a ton. 150. But we didn't have any water though, so that was nice. Yeah, no water going no out. No water. But it was heavy. Out. I just know cold coke when we got back to the truck was fantastic. Best ever. I think I, I think I recall <laughs> I even had a Coke, which goes against everything in my life that I, I mean. There's in. times you just yeah you got it. We had the we had you the Eddie cooler in the truck with cold cokes yeah. and cold water. Man, that cold Coke hit. I think I drank like five, I think I drank like five of them. It slapped. I drank a six pack just in just cold cokes. <laughs> I love it. It was tasty. That was a super fun trip, and I don't know as I'm talking about. I like how do I go back? Yeah. I, w- yeah. I want to go back. What I really want to do is I want to go back, and I would love that. I would love to just like have ten days and just bow hunt, mm-hmm. like head straight into Ramtown, straight to yeah. Ramtown, and just bow hunt. and just bow hunt. Mm-hmm. I think it would be so fun. And they are, I think they're real. How would you do ten days with the water though? I mean, he had water where he was. Oh, at. that's so true. Yeah, yeah if I, right. if I, if that, I, that's the hard part because mm. you could probably figure out a way to drop down in there, maybe at night, or maybe hope the rams are up in the other canyon and then sneak down in there, get the snake, water, snag some water, come back out yeah. really quick. Yeah, I hope you can do it all. But like, also, yeah. different. I was just gonna say that country is. I think it's super conducive to bow hunting. Yeah, you need time and just broken. Time. You need to be in yeah, yeah, cliffy, broken, rocky. I mean, yeah. stuff to kind of tuck and hide behind yeah. topography to use. Mm-hmm. Give yourself enough days and yeah, stuff like that. Enough days. It would take days, but yeah. you, you could totally do it. But I was also gonna say, like the cool thing was though, like that. Like I said, this hunt was put on through Born Primitive, yeah. so like we were testing out the gear the entire How'd time. I love the pants. The pants really? are actually finally built for a tall. You know, 33 waist, a giraffe. 30, 38 inseam. <laughs> a giraffe. Giraffe? <laughs> you said call me a giraffe? Well, are they built for a small, chubby black bear Is the same yeah. time? If you're the giraffe, I'm the black bear. So, like, can they fit both of us? Yeah. I, I, I'm pretty – I'm weird about the way pants fit, you know? Yeah. And I uh, I like the way they fit a lot. They actually mm-hmm. fit pretty similar, I would say, to your Cabachos that you like. Ooh, I love those. They, well, they fit pretty good. And so I love the length of them. Love just the fit on me because, you know, tall, long-legged guy. Giraffe, I guess. But <laughs> I also, you guess, yes. Giraffe. I also really grew to love that little cell phone pocket on the side. At first I was like, yeah, you know, that's kind of First I hated it, and then I was Makes like, oh. Makes digiscoping really easy. Yeah, because yeah. my phone was always handy, and it's always yeah. right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it is a nice pair of pants. And they've got, you know, reinforced seat knees. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like their Tundra Light jacket, uh, which was nice on that hunt. I'm, I was glad I had it that night. I know that. Uh, but yeah, their gear was actually really awesome, and I love the way the pants fit. Anything like stand out different from yeah, I mean, some like of the, the other big brands? Your your the fits one, the pocket f- configurations another. I mean, you've got kind of front facing cargo pockets, which is handy. And then uh, you know Brady already talked about the cell phone pocket. It's nice too. You got back pockets on both of them, which I like. And then yeah. uh, oh, I was gonna show it for the people watching on YouTube. Yeah, cell phone pocket on the left. Yeah, and then you have a. Cargo pockets, a pocket. Yeah, hand well. pockets. It's a great color. I like the yeah, color. Yeah, good color. They also do them in brown and gray and black. Reinforced knees, reinforced backside. Yep. And they make them in two different weights. So you've got the light, the Frontier light, and then the Frontier regular, which is like kind of a mid-weight, I would say, mid-season heavy-duty mm-hmm. pant to late season. I think these are perfect for bow hunting. Like, breathe really well. I like them a lot, actually. I and really mo- like their logo. Their logo looks sick. Yeah. One thing I appreciate too is like the, like everything in Texas wants to kill you. 
Yeah. And they hold, held up really well to all the thorns, all the yeah, nastiness, actually, all the rocks. Those pants look in very good shape for a six-day desert yeah. hunt. You've got some snags, like where the cat claw reach out and grab you. Cat claw, yep. will, that'll get you. But we were hiking through some pretty nasty stuff. Um, yeah, we our, pretty, and pretty much lived in the uh, sun shirt. Yeah, yeah sun shirt too. was nice, too. Uh, articulated knees, which is nice. Overall, just like a nice pair of pants. And I think it's it's cool to see some different companies. I mean, Born Primitive, they've got their kind of the CrossFit stuff, all the workout gear. Very successful business. Super business successful. That. Yeah, it's fun to see a company like that kind of dive into the outdoor space and hunting space and do... Support hunting. Yeah, yeah support hunting and do products. And, you know, I mean, I think it's always fun to see new companies dive into hunting apparel. And I agree. I really like the way they fit. That's probably like for me, like the take home. It just fits really well. And I like the weight of them. What's that jacket you're wearing right there? Uh, I can't remember the name of it. It's just a zip hoodie. That's a great looking piece. Yeah. They have like mid layers. I mean, they're they're really starting to build out like full systems. So they've got everything that you would need. But yeah, I would say definitely if you're looking for a new pair of hunting pants, new jackets, new like mid layer tops, I would give Born Primitive a look. They did really well. It's awesome. Yeah. And a fun hunt. You knew they were going to come out with something good just because they are so successful as a mm-hmm. clothing business beforehand. You know? Yep. They're, uh, you knew they were going to do something the right way. Yep. Anyway. And they're a great, great business, too. What's the guy's name? Bear? Yeah. Bear. Yeah. He's yeah. a stud. Yeah. The guy's a stud. Yeah. Those guys are a good visit. Yeah. And I, they'll, they'll be at the uh, the expo, so if you get this, drop by and say, hey, yeah. check out their gear. Anything else you want to say about Audet, huh? Ramtown? Ramtown. Uh, definitely everyone check out you know episode one, episode two. It'll be live when this podcast goes out. That's just Ramtown USA. Hope people get excited you know, about hunting new things. Yeah, so there's, yeah, there's a lot of opportunities out there. And it's, a lot. It's, it's fun going on these like new adventure type hunts because you can learn some things that you can take on your other hunts. You know, it's a good time of year to go hunting. Nothing else is going on. You can kind of escape the North Country if you you know live up you know near Canada, mostly states like Midwest or whatever, or East Coast where it's dumping snow everywhere. Come get some sunlight. Come get some sun. It's good for you. Vitamin D. Come come on some animals that you you know never really thought of before. But once you go down there, you're like, wow, these things are really cool, and it's. You know, it's worth saving the money for to go do a, yeah. a cool hunt, I think, always. I, I always rather chase adventure than sit at home. It's been one of the, one of the more favorite hunts I've had. Mm-hmm. Just new environment, new species. It's awesome. Incredible sunsets. And you're, you're seeing a lot of animals, too, which is really, really oh, cool. Oh, yeah, target it's very rich. Fun. <laughs> target rich. That's <laughs> yeah. the fun stuff. Yeah. Great great way to test out optics. Great way to test out other gear. Test yeah. out your body, of course, on water rationing. That's why I think, you know, going early in the year would be a little bit better. Yeah. That's why I think people do it in the winter more. Or in yeah. the fall, it's a really good time, but then you have to kind of work around some other other hunts if you've got things going on. But yeah, Sloan, what a guy. Yeah, love shout hang, out love, Sloan. Love, love hanging out with Sloan. He's such a fun dude. Always upbeat. I've always excited. enjoyed hanging out with him the few times I have. And I'm glad we finally Great got to guy. do a you know, hunt together. Hang like That's when you really learn about people is in hunt camp. Absolutely. Learn everything about him. He's just a... Yeah, and great, I don't know. Great human. I guess we wrap up. I don't know if uh, I don't know if Stephen West wants us to shout out his business, like his yeah. outfitting business, so or not. To. But okay, give it to him. Yeah, look up Stephen West. Stephen West. Yeah, on Instagram, um, he does whitetail hunts. He also does audit hunts that we went with. Yep. Uh, I don't know his handle. I should probably give it out. I don't know the best way to reach Stephen. But I think it's like Stephen underscore underscore West. West. Yeah. 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 He does a lot of stuff in uh, Mexico too. Yeah. Solid guy. A yeah, he's hunt. he's a he's a stud. Like he knows Audet. He knows deer. He's very fun to hunt with. Yeah, I know that him looking at those rams, he's like, oh, that one's thirty. 
like the two that we shot, yeah. those are like right at 30, 31, you know, oh, that one's probably 32. That one's, mm-hmm. I mean, he, he could tell by to the inch. And, and one thing it's I really a lot loved, of experience yeah. to be able to do that. One thing I really loved about Steven too, is just how passionate he was about that ranch. Like it made oh, me, yeah. you can tell it means a lot, yeah, to him. a lot to him. And he loves the fact that, you know, it's such a unique place in Texas that he knows he has something special there and he likes taking care of it and likes having people come in to experience that. You know, what makes him love it and he likes to share it with people. He, he's a real one, is that what the kids say? A real one? A real one. Real I think one. so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Steven's a real one. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so let's you know, wrap. You know Brady's still on a on his heater? What? You know he's still on his heater. Uh-uh. One here. Just killed a mule there. Oh, you did? Yeah. One that we've been after, never laid eyes on. Really? Yeah. So the the craziness of my life, I guess, is continuing in the hunting. You'd, you'd been after that? I mean, trying. Gotcha. I saw a picture of it. It's yeah. kind of a freak. It's oh, wild. It's freak. <laughs> Brady's still on his heater. There you go. Just wild. Yeah, se- 17 points on one side, four or five drop tines. Pretty cool. Just want to throw that out there. He's still on his heater, so we need to keep it going. Well, when I uh, when I saw the picture, it was like one of the first questions I asked you. Do you remember? I was like, that deer have nuts? Oh, nope. yeah, you did ask that. A little uh, fleshy patch. Really? No, no. Fleshy patch. Not even like, you know, sometimes they get the BBs in there, like the rocks. Not even that. Just a flesh patch. (laughs) Yeah. We got got documents of it. That's going to be the title of this episode, Flesh Patch. (laughs) (laughs) We got documents of it. Yeah. No. Yeah. He's, I just want to throw that out there. Brady's still on his heater. Well, what, I think, what I think was wild before we wrap up is like you guys were literally saying we need the power of mule deer Jesus to pull through. Yeah. And so you guys, can you send up a prayer? And I was like, and he I like even mentioned Cody. I was like, I know I hate the name mule deer Jesus that Cody has given like me. Jokingly, like kind of did something. I did a little us. prayer. And, you know, it's like. You did? I did mean, it was. I, I can't speak for him if it was like from the heart. But he just kind of like acted out a little thing for us. I said know, a little something myself. Kind of funny. Right? Yeah. Dude, we go out there midday. First group of deer we run into, there's a cactus buck. And somehow what happened. And after never seeing that deer in the hoof, no one has. And then just, I don't know what yeah. it is. Do not know. know. Little sucker was riding the fence line, disappeared on us for a while. It was one we wanted to kill because he's just a badass deer. Mm-hmm. And disappeared. And then he checked, checked trail camera, cameras when we got back there in February. He had hit a couple times, but like not anything crazy and not daylighted. And then... Yeah. Lo and like, behold. That was the, it's always fun to go after one animal. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, and we got the high rack experience for the hunt. Giveaway winners. Brady got his first high rack experience. And then lo and behold, there he is. Is that like if, uh, if you bring him, they will come? I don't, I don't know. It was just <laughs> funny. It was crazy how it I worked know. out. But I just wanted, I, lived it. I, need, I wanted to put it out there. Brady's still on his heater. Still burning. Burning hot. It's insane. Don't leave the table. Still on the heater. I'm waiting for the wheels to fall off. <laughs> <laughs> that would be something Trail would say. <laughs> <laughs> My sole job uh, is just to keep, keep Brady humble, right? Yeah, there we go. All right. Well, cool. Thanks, guys. See ya.